0: We are now recording and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron and Abe is, he's out, he's working, he's busy. He's a busy guy. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I normally discuss new movies legally, however, this is one of our fun commentary tracks. Uh, that's what we're doing this week i just to put that out there we are in a current time where there are not new movie releases on a weekly basis at least in theaters because theaters are currently closed and so this is as we normally do a commentary track but as we kind of announced in our previous episode we're evolving a bit where we're gonna have two episodes a week and this is the second episode which is occasionally going to be a commentary track so there's nothing really different going on here just making that announcement once again on sundays are some the shows that we record on sundays those will be our review focused episodes and during the week we'll have these more topic focused ones this one happens to be our commentary track for the month of april and we are talking in honor of the bond movie that is no longer opening this month the world is not enough the third pierce brosnan feature um, when he during his tenure as bond and yeah that's the plan for now because if things were a lot different, we would be talking about this either after or just before we had seen the latest Bond film. But we have to wait till November to do that now, assuming that even is what happens. But for the time being, that's where we're at. So, follow that out of the way. Joining me to discuss the World is Not Enough we have for Why So Blue and the Cult Cinema Cavalcade podcast. Currently staying hands-off from his caviar factory, it's Brandon Peters.
1: made a promise to Aaron before this. When he introduced me, I would not make a reference or pun to either Bond... Commentaries, podcasts or Scott only coming once a year.
2: Oh, hey.
0: <laughs> also joining us from the Milky Way Blues and maybe Wise again someday. He's trying to keep Istanbul, not Constantinople, safe. It's Yancey Burns.
3: Hey guys, how's it going? Good to good to good to be here.
0: And joining us from Forbes. Ever since being forced to live every minute of every hour of every day doing whatever his kids want him to do, he feels no pain. It's Scott Mendelson.
4: I feel nothing but pain, Aaron. <laughs> it's all Pain.
1: How how are the three of you doing this evening?
4: I'm in hell. No, they're they're fine.
1: Great to be on here with uh, video on demand box office guru Scott Mendelson. Oh God, you're
4: trying What's to you make mean? me cry. It's working.
2: <laughs> oh God. Well, yeah, good to have. Right. <laughs> Get a specialty, they say.
4: Always to be demanded. You have a specialty, they say
0: good good to have the three of you here glad you're oh, yeah. not all jaded whatsoever glad we can take some time <laughs> off from reality to talk about Give a bond me movie
2: these. um
0: this should be fun this is our second brosnan bond movie we've talked about Goldeneye previously that was during that was during that you initial know, run of bond commentaries correct Brent? yeah
1: this is where uh this is where it all began for me uh year back yep. in the uh 12 yeah and uh yeah, so Craig has one called No Time to Die. Brosnan's got Tomorrow Never Dies and Die Another Day. So we're doing The World is Not Enough! Yeah, <laughs>
0: because, yeah, because it, Tomorrow Never Dies would have just been too perfect
1: for that pattern, I guess. So here we are. We're doing them in ranking order. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the thing. Is
3: this Yeah, why did you skip Tomorrow Never Dies? Because well, it's the next one. we'll,
1: we'll get to it. I know, I but think, you did I like
3: Goldeneye, it. Goldeneye, right? Yeah, we did. Golden. We'll talk
0: about it. I, I we'll, we'll right, get we'll get to right. things regarding *World Is Not Enough*, which I I think most of us agree is seemingly an underrated Bond film. We'll but we'll get to that. Basically, what we're going to do here, we're going to talk about *The World Is Not Enough*, as we've explained. Uh, each of us have the movie currently paused at five seconds on the count of three, two, one, go. We're going to press play and just start talking over the movie. So if you plan to watch the movie along with us talking over it uh just feel free to sync it up it's currently like on netflix and prime so it should be pretty accessible for most people right now um at the time of this recording but uh regardless if you just plan to listen to us and not worry about the movie itself being played then you're good you just you know do what you do um you get you know some snacks and whatever some caviar vodka martini what, what have you um, robbie yeah. coltrane will provide it yeah robbie coltrane has a great great company it's uh hagrid's fish eggs i believe it's what they're called um but yeah let's uh let's do this guys you guys ready Ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Three,
1: two, one, go. All right. I this, this is the high, highest-grossing uh, bond of the last century.
0: Yeah. Right. Without, that's right. Without uh, inflation.
4: Without, inflation. <laughs> without with,
0: inflation. With inflation, it's Thunderball, right, Scott? Yep. Yes. Like Scott. That's, that's basically
4: out. the biggest grossing, you know, non- fantasy action anything in terms of tickets wow. sold
0: it was like um, that movie was insane business yes it did uh 65
4: ish in 1965 uh, which is about 700 million adjusted and the only things that are bigger than that if you want i mean you could argue how fantastical black panther and the dark knight are but they're still technically superhero movies uh-huh. um, and this is starting out what was at the time the longest pre-credit sequence in a james bond film
0: yeah. Let, let alone uh, in uh, general. Like this movie it's like fourteen minutes long. Yeah. And like other movies I can think of where it takes that long to get to like the title is like what? The departed um uh, mm-hmm. the, yeah. the, the last Mission Impossible uh, movie takes quite a while to get to Batman it.
1: Batman begins. That took a hundred seconds. <laughs> 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 it begins. <laughs> Mandy. <laughs> well, this they had to they re edited the movie um to and made it longer because it originally uh, the title sequence was supposed to come after he zips down the window, uh, uh on that string. And they're like, that's kind of lame. Cause it's not, <laughs> so ex- think... I mean,
0: yeah, for, well, like think about it. So looking at the, <laughs> the other bond movies, I mean, the golden eye opens with like jumping off a dam and a big shootout and jump flying a plane off a runway and all these explosions tomorrow never dies mm-hmm. has a giant like fighter jet battle. So it's like.
1: He just jumps out of an office window? Like, that's the end of this movie? Like, yeah, we need to... It would have worked in the 60s. I'll tell you what, it would have been a hell of an opening for a 60s Bond. But here we are, after, you know, Roger Moore jumping out of planes, skiing off cliffs. Like, you you go like, oh, zippity-doo-dah. James Bond has done it again. It is where the music,
0: it is where that their shooting script is like, and then he jumps out the window. And we go to the credits. It's like, that's okay. Like,
1: and it's all taking place in this little confined regular ass looking office room, you know? And then Even
0: the opening, like the very opening, he like the gun barrel scene. is just like, and he walks down a street and into an office. Like
1: <laughs> it's like tonight on
0: James Bond. <laughs> now that said the the fact that this is extended, it is a killer opening, like all oh, stuff yeah, happens, it's and it's really it's, cool. It's a three
1: act adventure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's
3: great.
1: Um, it's good. And all of Brosnan's movies, um, I know, I've you know just recently gone through them in preparation for this. All the opening sequences connect to the film itself, which was not common for the Bond movies mm-hmm. until until Brosnan took tomorrow's... on. Oh yeah, because yeah, Ricky, does, cause Ricky, cause Ricky it, J is there. Yeah. It goes back to the submarine that. Shot off those missiles. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough.
4: Um, and I do remember there was the the, last, the previous film, Tomorrow never dies,
2: oh, real, which real, I like.
4: Real, we'll talk about that in the time comes. Real, real quick. Real, real,
0: real, real, real quick. Uh, I think Zam Weasel was hired by Django Fett to shoot that guy through the
1: window just then.
0: <laughs> and now they're gonna go in a high, high speed chase <laughs> through a Coruscant to go after her.
1: Double-O business.
0: Yeah.
2: Get out of
4: uh, here. The the tone that they're establishing in this picture, you know, com- compared to, I would say, to, you know, to a certain extent, tomorrow never dies, uh, he's he doesn't use machine guns in this one nearly as much as he did in the last one.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, they are trying, I would argue, to establish him more as a, you know, as a spy who is an action hero versus an action hero who's a spy. Uh, there's a certain cold-bloodedness to his actions here. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I, I think the push-pull with, with Pierce Brosnan was always sort of a happy medium between Roger Moore's humor and Sean Connery's
2: cruelty.
1: Oh, no, he's the perfect hybrid of the two yeah. with, with um, the perfect looks for what a cinematic Bond had become. And like even the, Dalton, as far as the kind of rough-and-tumbleness.
4: Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, But even Roger Moore, I mean, when he had a certain... He enjoyed doing his job, but he was also very dispassionate about the killing.
3: Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
4: And this is, of course, the second act of this. This was basically a three-port story in and of itself. I mean, you know, today this would be unquibby. Going, going,
0: yeah, going, going, Roger Moore, real quick. I mean, yeah, like think about like the spy who loved me, where he like he gets information out of a guy who's holding his tie on a rooftop, and he's like, yeah. "All right, you're done." He talk, knocks the tie out of his hand, lets him yeah. fall to his death, like casually, like it's...
3: he couldn't resist. Like, Bond couldn't resist doing that. I think I right, knocking yeah. the tie out of his hand. But even then, the I guy mean, was rude.
0: Sure, but even then, it's like you're you're not. Ro- I mean, there's for the kind of the general read that people want to have on Roger Moore is as like he's just, you know, whatever, having fun and not really caring. For the sex. That yep.
3: bond is in it for the sex. But it's like that's there, his job is to have sex.
0: But there are and moments get involved in these things. But there, but there's plenty of examples of like him being a, you know, a badass
3: spy. Is he supposed to? Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I think Brosnan, what he does is he adds the the roughest touch of perversity to it. In light of Connery and more, well, he plays it a little bit more like he is getting off on the whole cocktail, which is interesting, I think. Um,
0: I like how scenes well, with scenes with Judy Dench's M generally have like other white guys here that you think could be M in a different time, and just like just to yeah. like, just to further establish uh, uh, that like she's the one in charge.
4: Um, one reason I really like this movie is that for me it felt like the first Bond film that felt like a real movie that happened to be a James Bond picture, in that you have you know a jet you know it supporting characters who intermingle with the story and an arc for a supporting character, in this case, M who actually has a character arc mm-hmm. and without dissing Skyfall, cause I think Skyfall is very good at what it tries to do. This feels like a dry run for a lot of what that was trying for.
1: Well, a lot of Brosnan's it's funny how yeah. disregarded his, his era now seems to be the, Looked upon like Moore's was around the time of Brosnan for some Uh reason. Yes, because of the
3: CG. The CG is is sort of rough. That's all it takes for some people. I think that's really dismissed. It's the retroactive look back. It's the
0: the kind of like Die Another Day did this, therefore
1: they all did this. It's that kind of like regard. Yes. But really, Brosnan's was pretty experimental. And it just, the fact is, it's not serialized. It's, you know, they're they're procedurals, uh, which I think. Bonds stronger when it's a procedural, but, yeah. um, with slight continuity stuff, but, um, they were trusted like this one, uh, well, James Bonds hurt on the job and shouldn't be out. Uh, and he, you know, cool. gets too close on a situation. M's, inv- M's got her own story. Um, and then like, you know, GoldenEye is definitely has some more challenging stuff than you'd imagine. I mean, when you look back at it, t- you know, Tomorrow Never Dies, We were just talking the other day, Aaron, how that's kind of accidentally aged into more relevance.
2: (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, Remind me real quick. Was GoldenEye, was that written for Timothy Dalton?
1: Uh, Yeah. He quit. Before, I mean, that was in production and they went back and he just was done. He had, was tired of waiting and but it, he, I think he retired in 93 or 94. But it, in 94 it was a script though that was like designed with him in mind for it. Th- there were two different ones. Um, They were working on something with like, I think Property of a Lady around like 89 90 was supposed to be his third one and that kind of got, once the lawsuits and stuff were going through, that kind of got tossed aside. But Goldeneye was being worked on with Dalton in mind, but they had enough time to refinagle it. It's not like, you know, D- Dalton jumping into a Moore film uh-huh. or something like that. It was. <laughs>
0: Fair enough. Uh, let, let, real quick, because uh, I, I brought that up because I want to talk about Brosnan as Bond and where he is at this point. But let's talk about this scene real quick because it's, you know, awesome. We don't get enough mm-hmm. boat chases in movies. So when you do, they're generally pretty impressive. And <laughs> this one is really cool. <laughs> like, this right, yeah. really small, spry little boat that Bond's in that's, like, bouncing all over the place, going after this other one. And it's, you know, it's real. Like, we're watching actual boats yeah. doing this stuff, which really right. helps. Awesome. Oh.
1: Yeah, it's a it very much a you know like a opening sequence should be. It's like a little James Bond short short adventure.
3: Yep.
0: And this boat's just like really cool. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, it goes a, underwater. I'm not a boat guy. I can't do boats, but like watching this chase happen it's like, jeez, this looks this looks difficult. <laughs> and I mean, it's obviously made possible by action extraordinaire Michael Apted. So I mean, it helps. But. Oh yeah. We'll get back to um, Michael Afton. <laughs> but, um...
4: um, And yeah, it was a big deal when this film came out, at least in the publicity sense, that they were very much selling the idea of this film is different, among other reasons, because in the opening scene, Bond gets injured. He fails, mm-hmm. he totally fails, in, in almost every plausible way. Um, you know, he. <clears throat> The money gets blown up, the guy he's supposed to be helping gets killed, the assassin kills themselves, and he basically just, what, well, he breaks his shoulder? Yeah. He
0: breaks, breaks, his, his yeah he breaks his collarbone? Breaks his collarbone.
4: Yeah. And...
0: The Millennium Dome is mildly damaged, and since then, it's been super useful.
2: <laughs> yes. Um,
4: and I can, do, we can debate to what extent all four of these meet this criteria. I think, as you implied, Brandon, a lot of the Brosnan films were sort of like almost what-if adventures. Yeah. You know, most obviously, Tomorrow Never Dies was what if one of Bond's former flames came back into his life, Mm -hmm. or you know, uh, Die Another Day is what if James Bond got captured and was you know compromised and couldn't be trusted, blah blah blah. Um, This one, I would say, to a certain extent, is what if Bond really fell in love with the Bond girl, who, of course, spoilers, turned out to be the villain. Yeah.
3: Um.
0: I. I mean, I think why, I mean. Goldeneye is what, like, what, what? Well, Goldeneye is like, what if the Cold War ended and we still had James Bond? I mean, that's the, yes. the thing, sure. well, right. what, if a,
1: right. what if a double, what if a O became the villain? Yeah, that's the other. Yes. Uh, Obviously, yeah. too, as far as like having a mold. the, the ultimate, them. yeah, right. that was
0: this is Brosnan's idea doing the tie underwater thing. He was like, oh, I yeah. want to do that. Yeah. Um,
4: because well, it works so well to tie the tank and Goldeneye.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the yes it did uh, I, I think i mean what you're alluding what you're talking about as far as the what if scenarios i think the reason why goldeneye stand strong and i think this one stands for people that actually watch these movies and don't just like you know write them off people that actually i think these two stand up because the ideas they're exploring are actually explored right i mean they, the story yes, right. through on the story i like smart well,
1: tomorrow- never dies went out without a script so it yeah that well, it I- appears as a solid movie is a miracle <laughs> it, it is but like but the even the what-if scenario though is
0: barely dr- i mean it's like it what terry hatcher is the the one that got yes. away or whatever it's like
3: yeah yeah it, ten it, minutes
0: i mean that's yeah it's 10 minutes of the movie there's nothing really to like do with that beyond well here we are again and that, that's kind of, i mean <laughs> there's a tragedy involved because she dies and everything but it's like
3: i feel like the, the rupert murdoch gag was really the novelty there plus the, that was the Michelle novelty. yo element sure. yeah yeah Aww. Well,
4: then, you know, in the second half, it becomes, you know, a loose remake of The spider Love Me. Yes. Um, yeah. Which is one reason I, you know, honestly, they're 20 years apart, almost identically, which is, you know, I've always said that, you know, The spider Love Me is sort of a definitive James Bond film. It's not my favorite, necessarily, but mm-hmm. it's the one, you know, it's the series in a nutshell. And to a certain extent, Tomorrow Never Dies by default is that as well. That's um, why it's under.
0: It's just execution-wise, yeah. it just kind of sits in the middle. Cause it's like, well, it's doing yes. its thing, but it's like it's not especially amazing at doing it. It's just like it's fine. And like Brandon, you yes. said, like this movie had no script. It was that movie was a giant rush production. And yes, the fact that it's watchable was like, well, that's. And impressive. it's got
1: like great action scenes. Like <laughs> that the motorcycle action is very chase is awesome. Like yeah. how'd that wind up in a movie that had no script or mm-hmm. you yeah. It. I mean, D- Die Another Day. That's one where,
0: as you said, like it's what if Bond got captured? The first half of that movie deals with that quite well it has a lot of ramifications yes. from this and then it really just becomes another bond movie which isn't necessarily bad there are things about in execution wise i think don't work as well i know yancy you have stronger feelings for diet die another day but i mean i, I like it yeah. I, I like what that first hour is doing a lot more than the second hour is the best way i can say it
1: yes well yeah die another day is also caught up seeing a 40th so anniversary movie too and gets a little giddy on that stuff uh-huh I'm sorry, what was that? The, I said die another the day. Fencing
2: gets-
1: in, the fencing
3: sequence in that movie is great. The whole thing, the way yes, it turned into a rope mountain, you too good. That's a great the, the scene. The first
1: third
4: of the first half is decent.
1: Well, yeah, Fish. every time you watch it, you forget. You're like, oh, this is yeah. bad. And then it's like, oh, oh, yeah. Like, that's <laughs> how it <laughs> ends.
3: Every time I watch it, it, it's the opposite. I'm like, oh, I must have been wrong. Oh, no, I kind of like it. And by the end with the Ice Castle and the Invisible Car, I'm firmly on its side, wishing that there had been one more Brosnan movie before they
0: Having just Having just watched it, I'm just thinking, all of the stuff is here for me to like it. I just think Lee Mahori's direction... Is what fails mm-hmm. that movie. I think there's a better movie yeah. there if you have a better film. or Not to say he's a bad. They're
3: so not but. dependent on director though. I'm like so not saying it's dependent, but I mean, but I, I have to lay the blame at
0: somebody's bro. feet at one point. And I mean, yeah. I, I, he, he, it's his choices at the end of the day that like reflect a lot of. What's I, going I don't of like
1: those not slow mo, slow mo things yeah, he a lot does. Of weird, like, slow-mo stuff. There's like speed ramping slow mo stuff. Yeah, I see. Yeah, there's, um, there's a lot
0: of choices that he's like, let's do it this way. That was like, all right.
1: I will say the one thing like bonds with the haven't been director dependent until like the Craig era seems to be. More... I think
3: until until Sam Mendes they haven't been direct. There hasn't been
1: one that felt like it was. Well, I mean, they grabbed Mark yeah, Forrester who was. I, think, I mean, Mark Forrester is
3: very, I think, very anonymous. I mean, what,
1: that's, at that's, the time he was huge. I would
3: say I would mean, say this they're is all, one of the first ones where it feels where they actually
4: hired somebody that you don't think of as a James Bond director to come in and make a character-driven picture that also yeah. has all the James Bond tropes.
0: This is what I want um, to talk about with Michael Apted because I it, it feels like there's a there's a versus thing going on between like journeyman directors, which a lot of the bond series goes for versus auteurs, yeah. which the, which some do. I mean, Well, I, the
2: eighties was kid, all, uh, what's his sure. name? Uh,
1: who was the guy? Oh, gosh, uh, not the Louis, John not, Glenn, John Glenn, John Glenn, who he was yeah. a, one of the stunt <laughs> coordinator guys in the seventies and he kind of worked his way up and he did all the ones in the eighties. Um, I think a lot
3: of which, the authorial credit of those movies goes right to the broccolis at that point. I, mean, I think well, yeah, that's really uh, what. Yeah. You know? And and in their, but, and, and, I and who think Michael, Michael Apted is. I think Michael Lapted is just after Roger Spottiswood and I, I feel like right, Michael Apted is right, exactly the kind of person I would expect to be doing Bond at this point. Because he's a journeyman You know, I don't guy. know like, that he's, he's uh, anything near. He is a journeyman guy after but they're all kind of journeyman guys until you get to Sam Mendes, which is a little odd. I, I mean, I like the Sam Mendes one, but 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 until then, the the the, the producerial element was so strong that you would you couldn't even get Lucas or Spielberg in there who wanted to get in and do one because they had to have a uniform well, feel to them, right? Is that,
0: I mean, you had Danny Boyle attached to this latest one, and he mm-hmm. got backed out because I think he wanted yeah. that same kind of control. So I guess, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, the, I, I, think, it's, I it's yeah. think it's
4: a lot like the Marvel universe. It is. Added, oh, it's, it's a lot like it.
2: They have to sand off
4: the edges.
2: To well, a, that's you why hire a, it. the
4: interesting director to deal with the character work and the plot and the storytelling, and I don't want to say the action takes care of itself. That's obviously not true. But and I but having said that, I think it does in the end matter who directs them. That's yeah. why, you know, Thor Ragnarok is a much better film than Thor the Dark World, to use an obvious example.
1: Well that's what they went yeah. for with um Quantum was the the idea was to bring Forrester yeah. in and let the second unit take care of all the action stuff. Yeah, which is typically the Marvel model. Yeah. Um but Aptid, he wasn't like this movie was offered to Spottiswood, but he didn't have he a good time on Tomorrow Never Die. Yeah. <laughs> then like they wanted they're like they liked Peter Jackson, and they liked Joe Dante, uh, but ultimately went with Afted for this one. So the,
3: those guys have too much
1: character to do one of these, I think, the, at the this Jack, point. The Jackson well, thing. Well, they didn't like the Frighteners, apparently. the ja- Yeah, the Jackson so, thing was a lot so Barbara, of people
0: Barbara, didn't. Barbara Broccoli liked Heavenly Creatures. they like, what's this Peter Jackson guy up to? Then he made the Frighteners. like, I do not like what Peter Jackson's up to. So it's <laughs> like, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: wrong, think he was I finished, mean. man, at that point. I got to say, I thought Peter Jackson was finished with the Frighteners. Yeah. I'm glad he wasn't. I'm glad he wasn't. It's crazy. Boy, was, at Peter I, I, I like the frighteners. You know? I like the frighteners a lot, but I mean, yeah, I like, Michael it, it, J. Fox still very capable and, and physically capable doing a classic Michael J. Fox sort of role. It's a likable movie. We
0: um I'd we talked what, we, oh, real quick. We talked all the way through the garbage theme song for the oh, the movie, which I think is quite good. I think it's a good song. Still, it, it, it it's not ground.
1: it's not bad. It's nothing special. It's it's just and doesn't rise above the movie, but it also doesn't like I don't know like. Enrapture you in that sequence as much, but it's fine. It's, a, it's I, not terrible. I
0: I like I like good throwbacks to kind of old school Bond themes with like Shirley Bassey yeah. or whatnot, and I think it does the job. Uh, does it rank like Super She's much high? Better
1: is it singer early, but... than... No, that's what I'm saying. I think I'm saying something the same in a different mm-hmm. way, but yeah.
3: She's a much better singer than Cheryl Crow who sang the the last theme. I, I wonder if that song was maybe a better song than than that's her what... voice could handle, and maybe. And this song might be classed up by having Shirley Manson singing so, it's so great. The,
0: the Tomorrow Never Dies song, I think, is a I, – I think it's low-key pretty great. Um, I
1: I like you – know, yeah. Aaron I, and I, I are both it, big fans now. That, yeah, that's that it. song it has
3: voice a, it's a so popular thin. Sheryl Crow's voice is so thin, I'm saying. No, Shirley, I, Shirley Manson's voice is so big that I, I Shirley Manson could have really knocked that one out of the park. You
0: know? I, I can agree with that. That, the, the, <laughs> that said, the Tomorrow Never Dies, the end credit song was the one they originally going to have in the – Katie um,
3: Lang? No, Katie Lang. Uh,
1: yeah, Katie Lang. And
0: Katie, and, but they like, I guess they didn't, I, was she like not a big, big enough star for them or like they didn't like the song as much as they liked the other one or something and they just like flipped it. Because
1: it's the stuff. 90s and she liked women. That's probably why. She's a lesbian. Why. I was
3: going to say, somebody have the courage to say the real That's reason. That's probably why. Yeah. end. Are <laughs> boys going to buy that
1: record? Probably even not. Even though
3: that voice is so, that voice is so much more suited yeah. to Bob. And than she crushes it on more that song. Of a, oh, yeah.
4: Can I just but. say that if you know, Em knows Bond well enough to know his shtick. Maybe she should send him to an old, fat male doctor for a <laughs> checkup.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we were talking—by uh, the way, GoldenEye is a great song, too. But just to oh, get, by the way, also,
1: original choice for this song uh, was Why, and he said no. Oh, good
3: lord. <laughs> all right, that's good. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it,
0: it all worked out the next time for everybody, though. So, I mean. Mm-hmm. yeah, they
3: managed to avoid, well, like, I, can't, I was going to say they've managed to avoid hiring too many obvious one-hit wonders. But I guess <laughs> there's a few in there. There's a lot in there, I would say. <laughs> well, Rita Coolidge, all-time high. That's a huge uh-huh. revenue. Uh-huh, uh-huh. but... yeah. Uh, how about, they had Take On Me. That's a big hit. That, like, yeah, at least, they at least were a band. Yeah. <laughs> I
2: love their relationship
0: with these movies. In oh yeah yeah I, I was gonna yeah let's mention, let's talk about this the Q bond relationship in the brazen era I think is the most personal right Yes. Like it, it seems to have like the mm-hmm. most weight to it which I think comes from like the you know the fact that you still have Desmond Well in here and he's you know he's aged into this you know doing this for so long and so there's a more of a fatherly quality as opposed to you know comrades the in the guy, way that the he's... war and the Connery stuff heres
1: I'm gonna cry in about three minutes. This was unintentionally tragic scene because of
2: outside. <laughs> yeah, but I, it, it's
1: it's stunning that they
4: gave him. You know, obviously not knowing he's gonna die in a car accident for God's sakes. Not like he was you know sick or
3: anything. What's, but um... nonetheless, mm-hmm. this scene is a lovely farewell to the character. It's a it's a very lovely farewell mm-hmm. that would have felt odd if he hadn't died. Not the same. Right. Him, but <laughs> <it's> <laughs> very. Really, how- ma- was he playing? They were planning to hand off to Cleese here anyway. Were, at some point, good. but I think
1: that's Llewellyn had. He was, said still, he was coming. Yeah, he said he was coming back. back for the next
0: one. Yeah. Let me let me just point this out real quick. I like John Cleese. He's good in this. He's good in Die Another Day. He he has mm-hmm. great scenes. Every Q scene is great. Uh, that said, this joke about like, if, is your name R? That's a dumb joke. That's a that's a bad stupid joke. Like, and then he was credited
1: <laughs> as R. B- Bond end.
0: very well knows that Q stands for quartermaster. There's no reason he'd ever make that joke.
3: It's stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> Cleese was a strange choice. He's not usually better, but that's not true. It seems weird I, to cast him as a bumbly I feel goat. like he
1: seems like an obvious choice. Like, like he's a cartoonish a version different.
2: of. Yeah, like, I think, it, yeah,
1: I think I think I this guess. era of Cleese very much works. Is as key, as key. yeah. I
0: think that's yeah. what you kind of expect from this. It's
3: <laughs> a strange Cleese era. Then I'm trying to think what else was during this era for Cleese.
0: Not but, it's like, way after. It, it's great right it plays like, like Fathers and Right. It's, like, where he plays, like, fathers and more more bumbly-type characters compared to, like, earlier Cleese, where he's, you
3: know... Did Cleese play fathers? Did he ever start doing that? Yeah, he's
0: oh, done Lord. that a number of times. He's, like, he's in the those Charlie's Angels movies. He's, like, the father of Lucy Lou in those movies.
3: Oh, yeah, alright.
0: And he's, he, yeah, no, he's fathered a number of... He's the, he's Shrek, he's the Shrek 2 father. He's the king.
3: <laughs> well... Yeah, I never got past the first Shrek. Not yet at least. But I mean it's, he's older. <laughs> he's he's older in English. What else is he gonna play? That's, that's his thing. But he's got an edge to him, John Cleese. If, if he it's wants not, to, you know? sure, yeah. There's no the John Cleese show where he's the dad in the sitcom. I mean that's not
0: He was the dad to everyone in Faulty Towers. He
3: was not. He was I know. a mean spirited great character in Faulty I Towers. You know I, watched, I love
0: Faulty watching Faulty Life of Brian the other day with John Cleese. He has he plays like deadpan so
1: well in that movie. He's oh, so good. they're all so—they're
3: all top most of the comedy, comedy comedy
1: troupe of all time. My they're God! Oh, so the of
3: Beatles of comedy. Those guys are so ridiculously great. It's—it's it's hard to believe. My—my my wife has ordered me the box set of the this this, this Blu-ray series oh,
1: for my birthday. Amazing.
0: Very. So, there's so much yeah. the Beatles of comedy that George Harrison produced *Life of Brian*.
3: Exactly right. He <laughs> was like these guys are the. Exactly.
1: And they made the Rudels. All you need is cash. Well, Eric Idle did, but. Another great Yeah, The Romans is great. <laughs> so, Sophie right. Marceau's the
2: daughter
0: of the guy that blew up, right? That's the idea. Yeah,
1: right. Mm-hmm. And Sophie really Marceau
3: creepy is creepy coming off of what or the Braveheart? You know. and... I'm sorry, Sophie Marceau done between Braveheart and this? That's uh, it. Well, I mean, probably some.
0: That David Spade. Well, <laughs> Queen Margot yeah. and
3: stuff in France, of course, but. Um.
0: That that one David Spade movie, but Lost and yes. Found.
3: That was yes. Oh, oh God, um, the dog movie. Yeah, that was Sophie Marceau. Um,
4: I, I will say in relation to the, you know the, the joke that you were referencing about the R, I do think a lot of the humor in this film is a little strained, which I would argue often happens in the more serious Bond films, mm-hmm. because the, the it feels more like okay we, we need to have some jokes here, even though this is you know. Not nearly. You know, this isn't. You know, diamonds are forever. It it comes
0: down yeah. to who's punching it up, I think, because you have Neil yeah. Neil Purvis and Robert Wade. They're doing like the screenplays for all of these, right,
1: up until yeah, like now. Like, how are they still? Yeah, going? no, they're still. I think this, they're still they're involved. involved. I think everything starts around them, and then they get people to. Plaster stuff their their scripts up. Like so. this is
0: their first this is their first one. This is this right. one and
1: then then yeah, die another day, Casino Royale mm-hmm. Mon- Yeah, so
0: all of them. And then they just have yeah, they have other people that co write it. Like so, Paul so.
1: Haggis came in on Casino. Yeah, and
0: Paul Haggis has jokes for days, right? Paul Haggis, famous <laughs> jokester, can't stop you can't get can't get things that aren't funny out of that guy. Remember Matt Dillon and Crash? Hilarious. His tight ty- his tight five while that burning car was happening, amazing.
3: Yep. So good. Uh, well, I'm going to admit, to my shame, to my great shame, that I had not heard of Judy of Judy Dench before uh, Goldeneye.
1: Nope, me either. I, I was, I, that's horrible. So. I was young. I, I can't uh, say that I like. Yeah. It.
3: Well, I was only. I wasn't that old, and I've I never. I, I, clearly, she had been around.
0: Well, to, to, like saying that, what was she? I mean, I assume what like, a lot of British theater and, and masterpiece. Yeah, theater I can't
3: or, pretend or, I was ever serious about BBC productions of Shakespeare because I'm sure she's in a lot of them. He's probably in that big Nicholas Nickleby that was in the '80s on PBS. He's probably in a lot of stuff that I should have seen at that point. But well, hadn't.
1: there's there's also stuff like like Helen Mirren. Like I had seen her in a bunch of stuff. Like when I knew who Helen Mirren was, I hadn't realized I'd seen her in so much and like yeah. different stuff like a Excalibur and things. Like about the like, old lady Helen Mirren to young.
0: It's not oh, a ton okay. of stuff looking at this Lister Judy like it's not a ton of stuff. It's not like, like Ian McKellen is similar where like, He didn't really come into it until like the 90s. Like he wasn't around. Yeah, he yeah. was in The
1: Keep. I remember him from The Keep.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was like his for like one of his first things.
1: Like that's what 80, yeah. eighty-one. Yeah. Oh, this is during the the Robert Carlyle casting rumors and everything
0: phase. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The the thing is Robert Carlyle is very great in everything. <laughs> like he's he, he, Oh, yeah. He's, he's tends to be very committed. Uh, which always helps, and this is a banner year for him because this is this and Ravenous, right? He's crushing it. Yeah, yeah. He, he,
3: he this this movie would, hold, would 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 uphold Siskel and Ebert's old theory that the Bond movies are as good as their villains, because this movie has very good villains.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Actually, there's three. He has Plunkett and McLean, which was also written by the guys that wrote this. The way it Ravenous, this movie, Angela's Ashes.
2: Oh, he's great in
0: Angela's
3: ashes. This this is a big, underrated, underrated movie. Underrated picture. There there
1: were early ideas for this movie that this character was going to be Bond's son, which very much
0: works. Very much like you could really like you could see the skeleton of this making that work.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And the the world is not enough comes from the the family the Bond family crest, which is introduced in On Her Majesty's Secret Service, Uh which that was going to be part of the tie for the character but he would have what been diana riggs secret son i don't know no, oh, just, they had a, just a rando rando bond girl from some adventure we never that makes saw a lot more sense i suppose yeah
0: yeah and then of course you know in the early drafts of the dark knight rises which is adapted from this screenplay obviously bane was <laughs> bane
1: was bruce wayne's son as well bane was bruce wayne's son <laughs> yep yeah Bruce Wayne's son with Rachel from a cutscene from Batman Begins. Yep. Let's let's bring that up right now. The, if you've watched The Dark
0: Knight Rises and you watch this movie, the plots are eerily <laughs> similar. <Down laughs> it to, is crazy. Down, down to the characters, that like the the idea that there's a. Like both plot the, the, the leads have a lover and the lover is secretly the bad guy and that lover also has a bodyguard that works for them and is undying of devotion for them. The both main characters get injured, both involved like this kind of <laughs> terrorist plotting. There's so many Catwoman is better
1: than Christmas Jones. Let's lay that <laughs> right. out there. Um, Jim Gordon yeah, but... versus Robbie Coltrane, we know. So. <laughs> now, I will say this. I noticed this last time. A lot. Some of the when you're watching a Bond film, one of the the big uh, appeals to it a lot is it's a travelogue film. You go to exotic places, pretty places. This yep. is low. On, like there's not a lot of pretty to look at that bond travels to in this movie we it's saw very it's oil field
0: we, we saw, we saw what, like the, streets Ireland? of london
1: at the beginning are like the prettiest thing where the boat's going but no we're
0: in,
3: we're in istanbul
1: at the end or like we're whatever's supposed to be istanbul right like it's, it's i mean for the majority of this movie is just not it's just regular looking kind of
3: huh,
0: a helicopter with five spinning blades on it i wonder if we're gonna see one of those again it
1: uh, was, <laughs> was supposed to be used in Goldeneye.
4: Chekhov's helicopter was five It's days. been 21, it what, 21 years? 20, or just over 20 years. I am still pissed to this day that nobody got chopped up by those helicopter blades.
0: Well, the car did. The, the car's like a
2: character, right? Yeah. I don't care about
4: the car. Uh, you show us the gun, the gun needs to get fired. Come on, it's classic, uh...
0: Check on. I mean, the the, the 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 helicopters do factor prominently into that action scene. I
1: know what you're saying.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs> uh, but uh. I mean, sorry, like, the, that, ca- that was my. The, the caviar gets. Hey, die another day has
1: check off surfboard, so don't
2: yeah. worry about that. Twice.
0: <laughs> Bring surfboards back. Like, there's two surfboard scenes. Bond surfs. Mm-hmm. 2002 was all about surfing.
1: Cow up bunga. <laughs>
0: There's a lot of types of characters in this scene. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things going on. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about Brosnan a bit as Bond. Um, I mentioned the Golden Eye thing as far as it being written with Dalton because I was curious, like I was curious as far as because Bond has to, or Brosnan has to like come into playing it, and I wonder like, of all the, of the Bonds, like more I think like we, we've talked about this before, like more like. He needs a movie before he really gets into being Bond, right? Like he's good his first time, but it's like he kind of grows too, into it. Uh, like do you feel movies, do, you, do you feel the same about uh, about Brosnan or Connery or Craig? Like do they grow into this part more or are they good off the bat? Like they're none of Bro- them bad, obviously, I, but
1: like Brosnan solid start to finish.
4: Yeah, I think he's a little bit more comfortable in Tomorrow Never Die just by default. Uh huh. But that's such a good movie that. The first GoldenEye is such, you know, it's not even my favorite Bond film, but the film overall is so good that he is given, for lack of a better word, a safe space to grow into the character in that film. And then by tomorrow never dies, he's fine. He's perfectly, you know, like an old suit. Uh
1: Uh-huh. I mean, Brosnan made Bond huge again. And that's, like, the thing, there was a constant build leading up to Craig, which he Picked up the torch and continued. But with Goldeneye, with Brazen, he was. People were excited. He was supposed to be Bond in the Living Daylights. And of course, the Remington Steel contract thing happened They have Dalton instead. So people were already waiting for him to be Bond. And then when Bond has to take a break for the legal stuff and it comes back, and he's like, that's him bringing people to Bond himself, along with Bond returning. And then it's a great movie. And it sets it up. Like, people are, like, boo-hoo the Brosnan era. He was consistent cash flow. Like, yeah. what, Tomorrow Never Dies made, like, a million less in America than Knight, And then this one topped both of them. And then the next one was the I biggest was Bond the biggest film. Ever. Yeah. Biggest ever. Like,
0: But that's he, the thing, too. Like, regardless of how quality the final Bond films for each mm-hmm. Bond actor is, Brosnan's, I think, the only one where, like, he's he was still happy to be Bond. He was ready to be right. again. And nobody yep. was tired of him as Bond which I think goes a long way, where Moore was like, why am I still doing this? And audience is like, why is he still doing this? It's like, Connery yeah. was just like, I mean, if you're going to pay me, whatever. Brosnan was <laughs> like, let's do it. Fuck it. Let's, let's go back to basics. Let's get
1: Quentin Tarantino in here. Like, he was like, "Black yeah, and let's, white. let's do it." <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it, it's sad, because there's no uh, like, why after Die Another Day, the biggest Bond film ever, like, well, you peaked Pierce, done. Like, it's, it's weird, but
4: it is weird. I've, I've, I, I the think internet,
1: it, I think just a lot of time happened, and then just people it, it, they, just ideas get yeah, separated. and yeah, see Sarah you got say because I think that's right.
2: The internet,
3: I think. I think that even if Diana day was a huge hit, people were just listening to those internet in cool sort of voices at that point. And those are the arbiters of taste and they came down so hard on die another day. And also on this movie, which is dismissed by way too many people as being bad because January Gen- or uh, Denise Richards plays a nuclear scientist, which is absurd. That's that's the James Bond joke, but that was the real line on this movie was that that's why it wasn't good. was because of Denise Richards playing that part. And I think that same kind of criticism uh, is is the reason that they had to reshuffle the deck so much. I think
0: at least. A, a character who's in this movie for maybe less than half an hour. Like no, she's in for her, an yeah. hour.
1: She's in for an hour. Well, we're we're that, gonna meet like her the... in about twenty twenty minutes. We'll meet her. We're th- but like I said, like like we're saying, she's not here yet. She shows up an hour in, disappears for a bit. And it's then... a joke. You
3: can't get the joke. Obviously, <laughs> I mean the, the idea. They give her the dialogue of a nuclear scientist and she And she they, says it all like this like,
1: all the time when she says at the end of the joke. movie but even even beyond it's a, the joke it's I don't like, know you
3: can't go to this movie and expect it to be you know But I the funny thing know. is
1: Bond has had far worse and people don't realize she's just the most recent oof oh, that maybe didn't work out but Well
3: she's a real she was also an internet really famous. American they usually don't pick like a super all-American bikini babe to be in a Bond movie was, yeah. I'm sure that was sort of the but I still think this is this is my favorite of the Brosnan movies, this one, so it yep. works for me. Um
4: I think the character, and I don't mean this in a moral sense at all, the character is problematic in the sense that she only exists so that Bond can have a happy ending. And because of that, does stick out like a sword of thumb when she does take a larger role in the story, because realistically speaking, the movie should end with him. Having killed off the Bond girl because she's the villain, and he wins, but hey, there's nobody going to sleep with this time.
1: And her, her name doesn't do her any favors, too, but that's not Denise Richards' fault.
3: No. Um... I mean, that's Bond movies I, in general. That's what I keep right. saying this as. Like it's, eh. That's missing the joke of Bond right. movies in general. If that well, yeah, knocks you off right. the horse where you can't enjoy this movie. then you're taking it way too serious and you're looking for your moral, you're looking for your fiber from what is high-class junk food, you know? And and I think that's the criticism that started to leak in in the, in, in 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 that period. And it's still here where you get movies that are dismissed based on one sort of group-thinky idea that everyone repeats. This is well, the yeah. reason this movie's bad. To, to, you're, you're, for,
0: to Brosnan's credit, he's like, all right, we've done two of these and people had like weird feelings about some aspects of them. Let's do something different then. Let's give them let's give them something grittier and more grounded. Like he you wanted he, to do he an was clearly,
3: R-rated Bond, right? Like
0: yeah. or at least something that like I guess eschewed a lot of the the tropes that made the you know the franchise what it is, which I think is a poor idea, which is why part of why I don't like of Solace very much. But I mean, it's like the stuff's there to the the, the opportunity you was you there to He wanted to have to Bond
3: something. sleep with a man, right? Didn't he? Didn't broaden say that? No,
1: know. that's, that's like, Craig Daniel Craig. <laughs>
3: The sad
4: he thing says, is he said the
1: characters. said he
4: wanted to do said he wanted to do. Yeah,
3: you so know, and Rosden did want to do a scene where he or where, where there's a where he to do some man. I
2: think
3: he
1: did. Oh, okay. I'm not I saying here nor there. Saying, it just
0: it feels that feels more like uh the press asked a question and he gave an answer and so it's like yeah. well, that becomes a story. <laughs> uh,
1: like
0: there was a little
3: uh, bit of that, but say.
1: it's it's interesting cuz we like we learning like um I, like I mentioned earlier, that Bond working better in the procedural sense with you know movies like this, and you can get to the next one and be fine. If you notice, it's like Craig's best two were just one-off procedural adventures. It's the ones his weakest are Quantum Inspector, and, and those are the ones trying to world build and continuity within his yeah. Bond, which is
3: yeah quite telling. Well, you're bending to that Marvel. Game, right. You're bending to that minority that is taking you know, the majority yeah. who wants to so Know
0: No, your yeah. franchise in particular. Like because Qu- I mean, Quantum is 2009. It's before there's anything it's, to really model that. Well,
1: it's, of. A, but it's an epilogue film, and it continues right off of Casino, which had not been done before. Sure, but I um, mean it, but but I mean they're establishing yeah. the, the organization
0: of of Quantum. Right. it's My favorite thing about
3: Spectre is the fact that it's like we got the rights. We can fuck Quantum off and go save Spectre now. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I, let's not talk about. It. Quantum, I think, is hurt by, very much hurt by the idea that it, it's the sort of afterthought to a much better movie. I'll um, save my defensive specter for a time when Scott is not around, but. I'm not gonna yell at you. Let's talk
0: about the fact that Bond is skiing for the first time in the in the Brosnan era. Right. Bond, yeah. as Brandon, you like to point out, there's many things that Bonds always do in their respective eras, depending yeah. on the actor.
1: One of them is skiing, ski in the snow. And this is the ski era. This is the ski movie for Brosnan. Mm-hmm. Timothy Dalton skied on sea and snow. Just uh, uh-huh. Yeah, he really had it out for it. Uh, Moore couldn't stop skiing. He's like, Give me
0: a oh, and yeah. I'll ski in that. Lazenby
1: like... Le- even skied he had one
0: movie he got that in. He's, he bobsled it and he skied. He did every He, he bobsled- it all. Yeah. He, was a, he was a triathlon
1: on the snow. There we go. And this he wore cool killed little, doing little, it. Cool little thought. This is like, almost like that boat Brosnan was in now flies and tries to kill him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. The same model uh, team built the snowmobiles
0: that built the boats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now,
4: there was initially talk that they were going to do this scene as snowboarding to make it, you know, hipper and more modern, but they.
1: Fortunately that team won over mind. in the next movie oh. with surfing, Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. no, 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 no. Uh,
0: what's his? Uh, um, Rob. Uh, Rob Cohen stole that for Triple X with Vin Diesel. Right. Yes. <laughs> he's like, the guys, bodies he's like, hit the floor. He got he got to Vin during Fast and Like guys, you, you'll never know it. You'll never guess what I heard about on the world is not enough set, and he, and he ran over to Vin Diesel's like we can do our own spy movie. Snowboarding. <laughs>
3: This, this, I love this thing that they're in that they're rolling down the hill. and oh, this yeah. a great, uh, well, it's, it's, it's a great. It's the point a, that I realize I love this
4: movie. I'm well, sure. because it's a, it's a natural character beat that dramatically justifies the action sequence. You know, I, even Michael Abbott yeah. on the commentary to this, he mentions, you know, the only reason the ski, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but you know, he did the ski sequence so he could justify the scene because without it, it's just empty action um it's also another example of bond basically screwing up and the only reason they're not both dead is because he happened to have q's super coat with him
3: um well let me ask you guys this you uh, you guys who know a little bit more about the production history i mean i've listened to all the commentaries i think at least once but real real quick that was that was was, was an impressive
0: shot because they had had, had to zoom way out from this helicopter shot that they were getting of of bond
3: in the snow there anyway sorry Nancy, go on do they have like an idea drawer full of uh, action scenes? Yeah, just sort of oh, want yeah. like, for did sure. they just yeah. want to do a car a scene with a remote control car? So they put it in Tomorrow, because earlier Brandon you had said, well, how did Tomorrow Never Dies come out so good? If they had already had, if, if if the Bond movies already got four or five great ideas for action scenes, right? The plot you string around it can can, can be relatively weak, I think.
2: Right. Well, there's <laughs> yeah, a lot of them, them that out. get
1: planned for movies and don't show up for like five films. Like, yeah. they're intended for one, and then five films later like now we're gonna do it yeah so it especially in,
0: in a franchise like this or marvel movies or whatever like even the star wars ones they had like there was unused things from force awakens star they they wars, Skywalker. Said, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. but like yeah this one very much had like you mentioned brandon the the helicopter thing that was a golden idea because a lot of that involved uh, valentine or robert uh robbie coltrane is going to come back mm-hmm. like that, that was his his stuff that they just basically moved to this movie um tomorrow Never Dies, I mean, remote-controlled car and what have you. It's like they wanted to have more gadgets. They wanted to be a more gadgety film because GoldenEye didn't have <laughs> the, that many gadgets. So they're like, let's let's do stuff here. And so yeah, they, they're sure they they're like we could do a remote-controlled car. Sure, we can have the technology for that. Like there's
3: a lot. That's of, why like, it does seem like they're always correcting something with Bond in the modern era. They're always trying to course correct to make it more modern. Well, it's always responsive in some way,
1: and it's responsive. The and whole it. Oh, responsive. I yeah. Mean, yeah. It, it borrows from other things, and then it'll borrow from itself later on. Like it, yeah. it, it's interesting. Like every time they have the, a huge bonkers movie, they scale back the very night. Like, uh, you know, Moonraker followed by you, yeah.
3: And for your eyes only, yeah.
1: For your eyes only. Uh, when Brosnan got big with Die Another Day, they Casino Royale scaling it back down. Even though that uh, movie is pretty huge, it's big. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but it yeah, it is sorry. big.
2: It's, 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 yeah,
3: Car- wise yes, scaled it down
2: is. Than the... Yeah.
0: Well, in terms uh, of, like, the kinds of stuff they're doing, sure. It's just that the action is so amazing and Casino Royale. Is to... yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, you know, so much so much of it's very practical. Right. Or, or yes, Dino the Day has satellites shooting lasers at the Earth and what have you. But, I mean, yes, I mean, the the spectacle in Casino right, Royale they,
1: is nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> they said, what if Bond was CG? They tried it, obviously <laughs> it didn't work, and we're, you know... Where we're at. Yeah, do you of, think you Go ahead. I was just going to in terms of being responsive,
0: I mean, what helps is that, you know, Hollywood has such distinct eras from the 60s to up to now where you can easily tell what's going on, where it's like, yeah, For Much real Love is just a Hitchcock movie and you have a Black Exploitation movie, you have a Kung Fu movie. Like they're so it's so easy to define right. like the different things they're going. Even now, you have the you have a a, a Born style action movie or a Nolan style action movie. Like it's just so well, simple. They, they,
1: to... they borrow from you only live twice a lot of the time. They'll go back to like that well. Um, as far as the skeleton go, goes, go, for so, sure. Yeah. you get a villain, yeah.
0: you get a lair, you get a location. I mean mm-hmm. it's it's all I mean that's Goldeneye right that's, all, that's uh, Golden Goldfinger, Goldfinger. Goldeneye also.
1: tomorrow never dies. Uh, spy Who love me, Moonraker, they're all in that that yeah. mold.
3: Well, what about the actual you guys all know your film history pretty well. So the actual character of Bond in movies. I'm not familiar with, I've never read the Ian Fleming books, so I'll, mm-hmm. I won't pretend to, be, to know much about those. But in movies, is Bond really the first sort of modern uh, heroic character who's got so many anti-heroic qualities? Was that un, sort of unheard of before? Well,
0: like in so, terms of that... responding to the time itself, or just the actions he's it's taking being as a
3: Connery, Connery in Dr. No is already a, you know, in a code era movie, and that was still the early 60s. Like that—that must have been the appeal of Bond at the time: was a hero who's not really heroic, but who you want to be—he wanted to be on your side because he always is going to win.
2: Well, the 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 idea was outside of
3: a western. Yeah, outside of Clint Eastwood in the in the in the. But that's actually that's that's after Bond, isn't it? Film noir, I guess, had that, but those were bad guys who had to die at the end.
1: Well, it was the old idea of men want to be him, women want to be with him. That was the the sell of the Bond.
3: I mean, I guess, I mean,
1: Dalton had that kind like, of like... That
3: would be true of Cary Grant, too, but right. Cary Grant was almost always a, a good guy. He wasn't doing things that were immoral, whereas Bond... And the women didn't the know they couldn't Bond,
1: be with him, but, yeah.
3: He can turn somebody... He can turn a woman around and have her computer to protect himself, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Connery could do that and still be considered sexy, and that's really still the pull of, pull of Bond, and it'll always be the pull of Bond, and I wonder how much more adjusting they'll try to do to make it more... less of a sort of... You know, the character has to be sort of a a forbidden... To some degree. Well, that's, that's, that's I like
0: Dal- like Dalton has it kind of both ways. We're like Living Daylights. He's more. It, I mean, and it's also like it's the middle of the AIDS crisis. Things going on, so it's yeah. like he's having yeah. a certain way of what he's doing with women. And, but he's also like he's action guy. Uh, license to Kill. He's you know he's on a revenge mission. He's going rogue. Um, which right. Is what, like Craig does in like three movies. <laughs> it's, like he's it's, it a, it's, it's a whole box
3: set of just rogue Bond movies. Uh huh.
0: <laughs> and what Ethan Hunt does in pretty much every Mission Impossible movie. Except right. For, Except right. for two. Two's the only one where he's like, I'm just going to do the mission. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins told me what to do, and here I am. So.
4: And even there, the bad guy's still a mole, quote unquote, a mole from IMF.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's Goldeneye. I mean, it's, it's, it's trying to be a yeah. like Goldeneye. And in James Bond still, e- even in the modern James Bond, there is still the element of the lady killer theme. He almost always has more than one. He has the girl he sleeps with, and then the one he falls in love with for the movie, basically. And at least every James Bond movie, I can't think of another character that's gained popularity that has that built in that he's a he's gonna have a lot of sex. But that's that's such a built in part of James Bond's character. It's just interesting to me.
1: It's just been uh, so long, so uh, I think the thing is they've been unapologetic about it, and they've just—it's like, been a trist yeah. tradition, and they just, hey, this is what it is, you know what? It, come see it or don't. <laughs>
3: you know, like, it's, it's, it's high-level escapism, mostly for guys, I guess. In like Clint, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or uh, one the Dean Martin I, ones, uh, Matt Helm,
0: the Woody Allen I, uh, character in Woody Allen movies, <laughs>
3: great. I
4: right? I think part of it is that the franchise. This might be too simplistic of a comment, so you can tell me as much. The films change, the world around them changes, but James Bond as a character only changes so much.
3: Yeah, um, I mean, that's true. I
4: think uh, and I forget her name. I apologize. Uh, she wrote *Fleabag* and *Killing Eve*. Phoebe uh, Waller-Bridge. Waller, she gave an interview a couple of months ago where she's like, like, "Look, now paraphrasing. Yes, this film will reflect, you know, the modern era." But I'm not going to change James Bond. The world around right. him may change; he won't. Um, and frankly, I think that's the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Why and would you like say, you know be James Captain Bond, America? The reason you know those films work is that they don't change Captain America; they change the world around him and let him react to that new world.
3: Yeah, well, he's out of water explicitly, Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that you know, I mean, it's, the the success of these comes from people that know what they're doing. As far as it's yes. not about curtailing it. It's not about like making it reflect like what people online are saying about what's appropriate these days. It's about making a good movie. And it's like you can have a yeah. bond that does the things Bond does if you have a good filmmaker and a team involved to make that work and feel right for the time regardless of the actions the character's taking. And for mm-hmm. the most part, the Craig movies, you know, they revolve around the actions that are taken from him specifically and the ramifications that they have. And I mean, even if I like some of them lesser than others, I do like that Quantum is working as a response to Casino Royale. Like that's a clever idea. It's a great con. Like my, my issues are entirely with Forrester and the editing. Like from a story standpoint, there and there's some other there's some choices in that movie <laughs> I really like. But from like what it's trying to do, being like this extended <laughs> epilogue to a previous film, that's a really interesting thing to do. Like deal with the character, how he's dealing with this stuff, being the you know on his big first assignment and all that. Like
3: that's neat. That's really a really but that great idea. Up- An interesting point. Now, again, without getting too deep into Spectre, I'm assuming the people who don't like it, and most of you don't like it, is the reason is also – I didn't like it either – was the attempt to tie the previous bonds all together in the last 20 minutes. I I didn't like that. That part was unnecessary for me. But it's also obviously a a bow to the pressure of the Marvel movies, right? in that the earlier Bond movies, they're really reset. Every movie, every single movie is a reset. You're not thinking about the other Bonds. and that might be a joke about the jetpack in, in one of these or whatever, But or, or his wife is referenced in Fear Eyes only again. But in general, it's reset every time, which allows the character to have his own arc over the movie and then reset each time. Do you think that they will feel the pressure to bow to, um, I don't know what you want to call the Marvel movies, but the sort of Lego idea where they all click together so satisfyingly i
2: don't f- know
3: if bond can
0: my, Go ahead. I'm, I'm gonna say no because i think i mean the reset and to be fair brandon and i like specter well enough it's just not like especially great scott's the one that passionately dislikes
2: Spectre. I, know, exactly. <laughs>
4: yeah, I briefly interrupt to note that one of my favorite lines of dialogue in any bond film just occurred where okay. you have the evil henchman or whatever complaining that the evil weapons of destruction, the parasailing things, were rented and were supposed to be returned.
3: <laughs> That's
0: a good yeah, that, point. That deposit's gone. Okay,
3: carry, by on, by. carry on. Carry
1: uh, I on. Mean, oh, this
3: is also post Austin Powers, isn't it? This uh, post yes. the
1: first one, yeah. Uh, yeah. Second. Well, no, the second one had the come here, out this summer. The second one, yeah. It would have just yeah. come out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, to respond to what you say, <laughs> give me. Do, you, do I? Do, do we think the next bomb movie is going to like play into? what we were seeing with the Marvel, like what we're seeing as far as like studios trying to build universes go. I think the, the response to Spectre, I think rub people the wrong way enough for Eon to kind of see that. And while they're not going to be like, we're definitely going to ditch everything that, you know, we try to do in this first one. I do think that the, the efforts that Craig, who has a very, you know, big hands-on, you know, part in all of this as a producer, in, in addition to playing Bond, along with just like the ideas that they want to go with while they're still bringing back Christoph Waltz. If I had to guess, I think they're going to be focused less on how can we build out this universe and more on how can we tell a basically a final James Bond story. And mm-hmm. as far as yeah. the kinds of movies that are being pretty like kinds of like action adventure movies, which is what Bonds always copied, Why
3: copy. Why is that a popular, final James Bond story? Well, for, what for, do you for, mean?
0: For, because it's Daniel for Craig. Craig's last, it's Daniel Craig's they, last they movie. Don't...
3: But they never do that. You don't hand
1: off. There's no official handoff. Yeah, but, but, but it's Yetzi. the same I mean, guy. It's just Yetzi, the it's, you get fired. They go with someone else. That's how it Yetzi. happens. Yancy,
0: it's a different time. It's a time where the Craig has been Bond for what? A decade, the longest tenure. A decade, Years. a decade and a half. He had an introduction as the character.
3: He's had a retirement as the character. And now he's going to have a off as the character. I, this, well, they all been retired, haven't they? I disapprove of this idea that. I think you should be able to watch all these movies on shuffle and not have any any conflicts. And I think now they're screwing that up a little I bit. There so I mean, you, so you go from Die rest. Another
0: Day to him starting the job? Hold on. Like, you're, you're say, but you're saying this as a guy no, that... No, because
3: you, technically yes, that's yes, the first one. The yes, yes. Royale is the first one. You're just watching it in 17th place. see, yes, you're, you're
0: saying this as a guy who really loves Spectre. So, I mean, you have to go along with I the idea that... Spectre, the,
3: that the, but I do love Spectre, but I don't love that reveal at the end that much. But regardless it's of the... The reveal I mean, feels the, like... But regardless of the reveal involving
0: the... The ultimate goal of Spectre, the organization, what have you, in terms of the Bond character arc, that's what you're responding to, right? I mean, you're responding to a guy that's it's been, Bo- been in Bond, and like at the end of that any. movie, he runs away with the girl and gives up being James 007.
3: Well, that's my other favorite one is Honor Rider Secret Service. So obviously, now, I don't like that.
4: It's until just it's one clear. of the only
3: ones with actual continuity. <laughs> but There, there should never actually... be a final. There should never be a. And, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't like. I, I, it's true. I was going to ask you guys earlier do you think that. Because they repositioned Casino Royale as a new intro to Bond, did that give people a pass on watching any of the other Bond movies? That's a shame. And kind I'm not, of a cop I'm out. not
1: reading well, it that I look way. looking at I today's just... audiences, they don't do the research. so yeah. <laughs> And they don't like anything made before they're obsessed, 1991. They're obsessed, so. with,
3: they're obsessed with doing the research because that takes the place of criticism. Knowing how Ragnarok connects to the next Marvel movie is... What but those, are old. those are all movies, those those are are all, are all movies in the
0: present time that they exist. Yeah. Oh, I see. I, see. I hear what you're saying. That's and I'm, why, I'm another not... reason
3: why Bond should not be in any kind of order. It should just be random. But I, Casino not... Royale should be the first one you watch if you're going to watch him to watch the life story of James Bond. And Quantum of Solace, unfortunately. I,
0: I hear what and you're saying. And then you go to
3: like Doctor No, and then Live and Let Die, and then it jumps up to Casino, to, 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 to License to Kill. I don't know what the I hear, order is. I, I hear what run. you're saying.
0: No. I don't. I don't have a strong opinion about like where my bond continuity pa- factors in, or how I should watch these movies, or I just generally watch them like in actor order. There should like, be, be right, no
3: just...
1: continuity. There should be no. Yeah, continuity. I, I I agree with the Nancy on the continuity aspect that people we live in this world where now we have all these like nerds that like have to have everything. Come, like I hate the. Well, 007 a code name. They need to show us that. No, no, it's just a part. Different that's actors a funny play different lie. parts. It's,
3: it's funny. I know, but it shouldn't be true.
1: No, it's it shouldn't be true. And it's like no, it's uh, it's just a part. Like, and then eras. Like each actor has their own era, where it's what they feel in the time. That's what canon and what whatever is. And then you move on to the next actor and do that with the times. It's just it's just Bond. That's all it is. It's not deep. It's not like, oh well, that explains why different actors play play him. No, different right. actors play him because they play the same <laughs> art. Like practice, they've been for practical practical for 50 years. Like if these if funny. these people if these people today were any bit into theater, they'd go nuts. They would go nuts. Let like, me, why is Macbeth this guy this time and then this, like we need explanation? <laughs> we need <laughs> that's
3: explanation. Why, that's why the ending of Spectre doesn't bother me because I'm still on reset mode for the next one. I'm not thinking about Oh, now all the Bond movies are connected. It's just in that story.
1: James that James Bond a- will return. That's well. all I need to know.
3: That's all I need to know. Regard.
0: I, okay, fair enough. The, ha- having said all that, yes, there's a you know you can watch these loosely as you want to. For it's a movie. I mean, it doesn't matter. But I mean. Tell me as,
3: about it's a movie. Tell I other people that. I, I it's a get movie. that.
0: As far as the Craig movies go, though, there has been an effort to be like all of these are direct sequels to each other. I but don't mind chain, that. except Skyfall. Except chain. Skyfall. But you know that's true. Like it's not like that's a revelation to you. Like I mean, the, they're, they're designed to be movies that come right after the other one. To some, but to I at feel
3: least, like I feel like Skyfall. I feel like it could be like Skyfall I said, it could a, a standalone. Skyfall could be like the 15th one and Casino Royale could be the second one. And I think the last one is a Roger Moore one, because I think that's the oldest version of Bond we get is Roger they Moore. I think like at this the end to so us We're saying
0: and we don't have to like think about this that hard. But if you look at the Daniel Craig era, like <laughs> more so than any other Bond era, you can agree with this. They are trying to be films that build off the the previous entry.
3: But between Quantum and Skyfall, it could have been every other Bond movie happened, right? Yeah, that's, that's, the, free, yeah, that's the assumption. There's
0: some loose version of, like, yes, Bond had a lot of adventures in between Quantum and Skyfall. Yeah, they're called Golden Eye. He's a, yeah, he's a, he's a, seasoned, veteran, he's a seasoned veteran at that point when he's in Skyfall. Yeah, I exactly. That. I don't know. Anyway, my am talking thing about is the that, world is not enough.
4: <laughs> my thing is that there are 25 Bond films... they want to do one that's a theoretical one-if, the final Bond story, especially since they're going to have to recast anyway, fine. That can be one of these intermingled movies. that's Again, that's one of the reasons I know I I like Quantum Solace in that. Warts at all, it's very different from the other 24, 25 Bond films. And as existing as one of many, I think it works as opposed to, you know, maybe, oh, this wasn't what I wanted from this
3: Bond film People should but, how to could our... there be a final Bond how could there ever be a final Bond because what could they ever do to Bond that would actually be the end of Bond
4: yeah see the answer is very
3: obvious no you, he...
0: kill... No, you kill him that's yeah, how yeah, bond. Yeah, no,
3: you kill him and then he comes back from being killed I mean he's James Bond he's done it before he killed at the beginning of, of you only live twice that's the whole yeah, gag.
0: but, but, but yeah see you only that. live twice so I mean there's only two <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: I guess that's true that would be a rule or if rule you really want out, yeah. you can pull, put it. never say never again
3: but James, yeah, James Bond dying though would be a to- total rip off because that's Oh, I agree. The whole I, point. I think that'd be he's a really gonna... dumb oh, yeah. ending.
0: It's the same argument as like, well, he gonna kill off Batman and Dark Knight. It's like, why? It's Batman. Why would you?
3: kill You him can't off? kill like... Batman. <laughs> that's, it's, a, it's a stupid thing. You couldn't kill Batman, Superman, James Bond if you tried because they would inevitably come back because people like them.
1: Well, Someone here's the idea that we're gonna kill them is ridiculous. Here's the thing. Now we're gonna like, they're gonna have what two. 2022 is the 60th anniversary of James Bond. Are they they're gonna whip a new Bond and everything no, out in
3: time for that? Like no, they're no. gonna put out the 4K set. I'm sure oh. they're probably gonna announce who the new one is.
1: That's probably what's what they'll it? do. 100%. Yeah, especially That's with right, what's right. going on right now. They, there's no way.
3: Yeah, actually, uh, Brandon, do you know anything about the rest of them on Practical Media 4K? Are they gonna come out with the no time to die home video, or are they just never going oh, to do
1: them? Oh no, they'll, they'll do no time to. Die. I mean, Craig, oh, the bro- the, the Craig, Craig movies already are already on yeah, okay. will, will, the, will, will they do the rest of them?
3: That was what yes. I'm saying. Yes, oh yeah, they yes. will. It's just some, you know, yeah.
1: That's why I haven't bought the Craig set yet because. I'm not getting screwed on that one. I, mean, I,
0: got, yeah, yeah. I got the whole Blu-ray Bond set already. That
3: I have like,
1: and I have Spectre Bond Fifty was one of my favorite releases. That was oh, the I love it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's
3: the last that's... time I saw all of these. I watched yeah. them. And I watched them out of release order and kind it totally. Brosnan era needs jump...
1: some new bonus material. That would help. Um, yeah, for sure. Because they were all you... PR junket stuff from when it came out. But when,
3: when you watch them in when you watch them in random order like that you watch Quantum of Solace, and then you jump to Moonraker, it corrects for that self-seriousness and the goofiness. And all of a sudden, Moonraker feels really good. As that was my experience anyway. Hey, I
0: have always... Hey, we Brandon, Brandon Scott and I are big proponents of Moonraker. Moonraker. <laughs> it's
3: yeah, the first one Moonraker. I saw. Yeah, it's my first Bond movie for sure. I like Moonraker.
1: I think Moonraker not not is only anybody, hated by like people it. who haven't watched Moonraker. I, mean, just I, just heard, I think most uh, Bond
0: movies that get that rap yeah. are the people that haven't actually watched the Bond movies. <laughs> yeah. Right, and
3: calling it out as a Star Wars... No, nah, I mean, considering other Star Wars ripoffs, it's really just in the upper atmosphere.
1: Like, it's need- not really it's Star th- Wars. It makes logical sense because they had the volcano base, they had the undersea base, and now you go to space, you have a space satellite base. I mean, it's not that far off from where they were going already.
3: And yeah. that also had some... because Jaws comes back in that from the previous movie and it sort of recognize that he's coming back, so that has some carryover from Spy. His lovely, name's right?
1: Jaws. He kills people. Yeah.
3: <laughs> What's his origin
4: story, Brandon? Uh, Where did yeah. he come
3: from?
1: Screw that. Let's have him fall
3: in love. I like that. The um. <laughs> and survive the... I think someone survived survive the, the crashing of the... I don't remember. To talk, let's talk about this movie a little bit for a while.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're talking a lot about Bond in happens These Bond commentaries, they, there's so many films. So no, many, it's, a, yeah, like, it's, a, it's a good lead to hard. whether... Other yeah.
0: conversations for sure. And that said, uh, feel, listen to our Quantum of Solace commentary since that's a movie I dislike and you guys both like, and that's I think that's a good commentary as far as the things we're trying to reckon with in that movie.
1: It's just um, a bunch of Eric. Uh huh. Uh huh. No, yeah. I, okay. I come to
0: the things that I like about that movie. but I know, I mean, We I have know. some good conversations. Um, we talked all over Robert Carlyle's intro- introduction, but he is really good in this movie. Like, and I remember the previews for this, like, explaining who he is, where it's like he has a bullet in his head and he doesn't feel any pain anymore, and it's like. That's to me like to thirteen year old me, I'm like, that's awesome. Like <laughs> that's that's such a cool
1: idea for a Bond villain. You can't kill me, I'm already dead. Like Ooh,
0: the,
2: this is awesome. This is
0: so Bond. And now so, so this came out in nineteen ninety nine. This is the year that I had my bar mitzvah. My I had a Bond themed bar mitzvah. Uh, for when I when I was a kid. My birthday oh, very was day. in May my, birth, <laughs> my birthday was in May, so this movie came out in November. So I was like anticipating this movie, despite like there'd be no like trailer for it yet. I was just like, there's a new Bond movie coming out this year. And I had this new Bond-like theme bar business. So I was like, I was all in for Bond when this movie came out. And I saw it the weekend it opened. Uh, I saw it twice in theaters, I believe. Yeah, I saw it twice for sure. Um, and I was I was just really happy with how this came out. I liked Robert Carlyle because I had seen The Full Monty, and I thought he was great. It's like, this guy's amazing. He can do everything. Uh, <laughs> Brosnan was like my Bond at this point, because I'm like watching... The, but Moore and Brosnan have always been my Bonds, Like as far as like... The ones I feel I've grown up watching the most, uh, mm-hmm. regardless of how much I like Connery or Craig or what have you, I just like I have a familiarity that seems to go both with Brosnan and and Moore. And so watching this movie, it's like this is just doing all the all the right things. And I'm not at the, I'm not on the internet, I'm not reading too much at the time, so it's like I was always taken aback by both this and Phantom Menace for that matter. As far as wait, people don't like this? Like <laughs> I was I was thinking, I was thinking wait these, these are pretty solid though. Like I mean <laughs> like what's going on here?
1: Yeah, I'm always surprised I was that way with Quantum of Solace. Like I saw I was like, Oh, that was pretty good. Gary Gobama I enjoyed that. And it's like, Oh wow, people really hate that? Oh. Okay. Yeah, I mean that was my best um, disappointment of that year. So I can't I can't I can't go that far. I remember I mean when we left when I saw opening weekend I, I, I really enjoyed this. I was happy they brought back like a kind of a, a cheesy comic booky villain with Renard. Ugh. And and I remember <laughs> my friend and I just leaving like it didn't bother us, but we were just dying about, like, Denise Richards, like, just the way her line deliveries come in that sub scene at the end. We were both, like, talking to each other like this the rest of the day and trying to say science, stuff <laughs> like that. But it didn't bother us. We were like, ah, it's just a thing that, you know, is in this movie, but the movie
0: was cool. Scott, when did you first see this movie?
4: I saw this opening weekend, not opening night because Sleepy Hollow took president. Um, I saw that the next saw-
1: day. Yeah, God, this was that '99 year, man. I was in the theater all the
2: time. Oh yeah, jeez. <laughs> I always forget
1: that. about that. Like, oh yeah, we had a, and we had a James Bond, we had a Star 22. Wars, and the Matrix came out, The Sixth Sense, Fight Club, like just uh, yeah, Stanley, Kubrick a Stanley
3: Kubrick
1: movie. Stanley Kubrick movie.
0: Scorsese bringing out the dead. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Spielberg is like, I'm um, taking the year off, guys. <laughs> yep.
4: <laughs> uh, I liked it quite a bit, and I still do. Um, I had little, nits, you know, nitpicks here and there. Um, I think it has the need to have Rosin sort of explain his motivations here and there a bit much, especially in terms of him wrestling with whether or not he is, you know, an assassin versus just, you know, an action star. Um, but again, what I liked about it was that to me it felt like the first James Bond film that basically wasn't just a James Bond film you know it, it had character arcs and and subplots and plot twists and supporting characters that had arcs and you know it's 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 and I really liked that you know I liked. The, the the subtle interactions between him and Robbie Coltrane, the you know, begrudging respect. I loved the way he interacted with M and the sort of the fine line between being her subordinate, but you know, someone that did care about her well being, at least to the point of you know, wanting to go out on a limb for her. Um in a way that wasn't patronized Um so you like the character stuff.
0: You like what I was trying to do. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, see, when did you first see this movie? Uh, Scott has a good point. It must have been after Sleepy Hollow because that would, that would have been my first priority. Um, but I, I'm sure I saw this opening weekend. I was such a huge Bond fan already. Um, yeah, I mean, I loved it uh, at, at the time. I don't recall how I felt in terms of it. Really, at the time, I was still maybe a little bit down on Golden Eye. I've since come around where I really like Golden Eye. But at the time, I thought Golden Eye was a little bit too uh, different. I think the score probably put me off. Um, but now this one felt like a full sort of spy who loved me deep dish bond that wasn't really lacking in any in any regard but it interesting you know it's what i was saying earlier about the sort of not to go negative but i think we're talking 99 which was a great year for movies for sure but i think you're right in terms of a movie like this i think the reviews were probably i mean ebert liked it i think the reviews were generally pretty good for 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 for, for, for critics who had seen every bond movie that had come out this this was I think fairly well received, but the internet reaction was. was...
1: I think Tomorrow Never Dies was well received
0: initially I mean, too. GoldenEye had oh. the best reviews overall. Ebert liked this one the most, like he gave it three and a half stars. Like this was his yeah. like yeah. as, as far as that goes. Like I mean, he wavers as far like it could become a great movie all of a sudden when he gave it a three star the first time. But um, I mean, the the reviews became more like mixed as it went on, and then like even regardless.
3: I mean, it was. But yeah, in of like what you're
0: what you're saying, what you're speaking to as far as critics that like recognize this series, yes, for the most part, there was like, yeah, it does the job kind of reaction to
3: well, it. Well, I'm saying what I'm saying is that that we can really pinpoint that '99 that era as the beginning of that that divide where this movie was a big hit and a success, and I liked it, and everybody in the theater seemed to like it. Phantom Menace, the same kind of thing. The reviews for the Phantom Menace were not abysmal, but the reaction online was so abysmal that. We got this split where that, that that the internet reaction began to be the one that, that would The stand. internet's where the real people are. I guess, was that the idea? Because all of a sudden, uh, this movie was bad because Denise Richards. And it's like, even if she sucks, you've got so much other stuff going on, which is what I would say about The Phantom Menace 2. Yeah, you can make your claims, but there's so much positive to talk about with these movies. How are we getting hung up on Denise Richards being a goofy bit of casting? I mean... I don't know what you call it but it's it's, it's sour grapes that's
2: It's sort of like I knew over. somebody
1: who hated Moonraker because there's a part where a pigeon does a double take and I'm like okay that was like a I split like second that, that was, it's British humor <laughs> and that was a split second that ruins the whole the whole movie's just discredited. I like because that. Of
3: that. The little, it, it, it just reverse the film a little bit, right? It's, it's, it's the, the kind of thing, it's the kind thing like, around the courtyard.
0: It's the kind yeah. of thing.
3: It's right after everyone, they cut to that guy <laughs> out his beard. It's
0: the, it's the kind of thing where everyone's hung up on things going on in like man of steel or Batman v Superman. And while I have my issues with those movies, can you imagine the Donner films coming out today and how like, how picked apart those would be just for having this earnest sensibility and mixing that yeah. with like good natured humor. Uh, it's, it's, there's a segment that just has
3: too much like would jump care on People for... would jump on and, and that was the idea with the Richard Donner film. was like Harry Knowles came out. I hate the Ned Beatty character because the presence of a comic character means that they're disrespecting the idea of the franchise, which is ridiculous. Well, here's the I thing. Like, the
1: what we're stuck in right now is a reaction to all of the Nerd culture, geek culture, whatever in the in the nineties and stuff, wanting their properties to be taken seriously.
3: Exactly, 100%. I want to be
1: taken seriously. And then a lot of them are forgetting kid. It's a kids thing. Kids like to see them too. But there's this big desire to to make what I like taken seriously. Right,
3: and res- I want taken, taken seriously ser- and respected are two different things. Yeah. Taken seriously means I want a really dark version of it. Yeah. Respected means I want a, a, a you know a, a good version of it. But yeah, th- this idea of wanting to see what well, we're thought of as 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 juvenile or adolescent or or overgrown kid properties like james bond but wanting to see them express real adult angst and 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 uncertainty is okay. a strange point the,
0: the other the other issue though is that the films are made with this kind of all ages or at least general audience friendly entertainment value and yet the takeaway that comes from those fans is yeah it only worked because it was serious like look at the and i don't need to get too far to the Nolan thing but like look at batman begins or the dark knight it's like People take away this idea that like they're it's they're
1: great because they're so hard. It's like they're uh, fun. Uh, they're fun movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Like, before it, it those, like, <laughs> that was the, the tagline about the Burton Batman films. Was they were oh he took them seriously till Batman Begins came around. Then people could sort of see the the goofiness that came and the stylized nature of the Burton films. But they were considered to be the gritty ones before Batman Begins came around.
0: Yeah, because there's nothing out there oh, on that a Production scale. like
3: this. What were you saying i said um, there was
0: nothing like them on that scale before either but it, but you're like looking at it yeah it's all gothic imagery and what have you at the same time it's yeah you know it's michael keaton like big bad they weren't like, they weren't yeah.
3: they were, i'll tell you what they weren't they weren't big roller coaster movies like the superman movies they weren't particularly elating as escapism they were kind of darker and creepier and Poetic and, and, and hard to imagine anyone complaining about that now. But well, they match the certain eccentricity the of
0: the I mean, they're the the, the director and I mean, Tim Burton has a very distinct style that like, you know, mm-hmm. it's and it's very much the opposite of what Superman is, which reflects the characters to begin with. I mean,
3: right, right, right. You,
0: would, you wouldn't hire Tim Burton to do Superman, except they did, and then that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: You know, when I was 18, I was like, that's not a good idea.
3: Like, yeah, why, why, yeah, why? I remember <laughs> thinking, I, I don't know about this. I was like, like what are you trying is like,
1: to accomplish here? <laughs> like, why do you get the Batman Tam guy Burton to do Superman? Man. Why do you get the X-Men guy to do Superman? <laughs> it'd be like trying to get the Star <laughs> the Trek guy, guy to do be,
4: Superman.
0: It'd be like trying to get a Star Wars fan to make a Star Trek movie. Exactly.
4: Right. And then yeah. hiring that person to do Star Wars.
3: I just think th- th- there's a larger point, which is that a movie like this is, if you step back, it's they're still carrying on the, 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 the original tradition of the Bonds, which the broccoli Bonds, which is mm-hmm. you're going to go to the movie, you're going to get ten times as much movie as you would get for a normal price. You're going to get five beautiful women, you're going to get amazing locations, you're going to get six action scenes, it's going to keep going. You're not going to be unsatisfied when you leave. Um, which is, and, I mean, this, and, is, this
0: is why... Um, quantum of soloist stands low to me. Like Scott, I get what well, you're exactly, just, like, we've, we've exactly. talked about we, we've deliver... talked about this we've talked about this plenty before, Scott and Brandon. As far as yeah. like where, where I separate, it's like yeah, I like the idea of doing something. Sure, do something different. That's great. If you want to mess with the format a little bit one time out of twenty-five, I'm not against that. But I'm still gonna take issue if it's just not good, and I just don't think it's very good at what it's doing. And, yeah, no, and, not and, that's and the I,
3: bottom line. Of and course. I think
0: the and I think the. <laughs> The issue there was that it turned—and I think Ebert said this—he like he made Bond into just an action guy, and he's not. He's a, he's a super spy who can do all kinds of things. And instead, he's just, this guy, who, he's just this, this guy that's motivated by one thing. And again, it's granted, that's the story it's trying to tell, but it just eschews too much. And Mark Forrester's not the guy that's able to juggle that in the way that I preferred to see on screen.
1: Yeah, and I, I think there's a flair with the Craig era that with Bronson's now— when you go back, like you can jump right from uh, Dalton to Brosnan or more yeah. Brosnan, they kind of feel yeah. like that. But like I think there's a, a shock once you get to Casino, where I don't know, there's something, something's changed. But I mean,
0: it, it's a different era to a degree, as far as I mean, it's only three, what, three years after uh three so years five, after right?
1: dying after, the other day, yeah. But Trail it is five, like yeah.
0: But it's still like a. I mean, it's just a. That movie's so... De- <laughs> Diner. of the such a weird movie, because it's like, on the one hand, it is, yeah. it's this serious thing where Bond gets tortured, and North Korea's all over the place, but it's also a Bond... Like you said, yeah, it's, it's a movie of invisible cars and Ice Palace. Yeah. Like, it yeah. has, like, goofy yeah. Bond stuff. But then you get to Martin Campbell being back, and you have this giant, big-scale adventure that has, like, no CG Bond doing stuff. Like, it just feels huge and different, and Daniel Craig he has this, like, he has a different kind of presence than the other Bonds, right? Like, he's yeah. not that, he's not the same, he's not what you see when you look at uh, James Bond in the form of Brosnan or Moore or Connery or Dalton. Like, I mean, they're, he's doing similar stuff to Dalton, we've pointed that out plenty, but I mean, the kind of, like, the kind of, like, uh drive to make that character, like, mean something, like, have an arc within that movie as far as what kind of person he's choosing to be, it stands out, right? Like, it, it has... It has layers to it.
1: I don't think since – it's interesting because Craig is going to be hardcore known as the James Bond. And I don't know when, maybe since Moore, that that's been a huge thing where, like, you're going to have just a no arguments Craig is the Bond. Like, I don't even think Brosnan had that.
3: Well, I think that comes from the fact that Craig is – You think so? You think no arguments Craig is Bond? Well I, I, I mean, I'm I, just
1: saying I, I'm stepping outside myself and looking I, at a general conversation. I would say
0: even more so than more to a point because Moore was, you know, he was the saint and he was like a, he was known as friends. Right. I mean, Craig, what well, respect to Craig but it's like it's not choices, like the, it's, but, it's not it's not so, like it's not like hold on, it's not like everything has been bad that he's done outside of Bond, but I mean, for the it's not like he's been lighting up the screen with like very not, beyond recent years, beyond like knives out and um yeah. Oh, Lucky I see what
3: you're to, saying. That's to so like, be the role that they are most
0: because there's nothing else there. I mean, if he makes a bunch of Benoit Blanc films, great. Whereas Connery Uh, made
1: a lot of other movies. I was, I was talking in the bond argument of, of people like,
0: but I I think people are going to think that way though. I think people are going to look back and credit. I mean, yeah, people now aren't being like, man. Remember the Saint? They're, no, they're like, remember Roger Moore's James Bond? But I mean, there's a certain segment, an older audience. It's like he was the right. Saint, also. Like he or he was, and he he was knighted. He was all like, but Roger Moore was a big figure, like a public figure, like a public figure as far as that kind of right. stuff goes. Smokies, but there, I mean, there's
1: a, argument. <laughs> there's a big argument. Connery versus Moore back in the day that people oh, sure. kind of, I'm not, yeah, I'm not like denying many, that i still like,
3: coming from this you're not even allowed to say anybody else is James Bond but Connery from when I was a kid you have to say right? and I like Moore because he was my bu- but like to I mean like to me I still feel like in a cultural sense there's still a sense that Sean Connery is
0: so yeah, Bond. I think which, that's which that, really
3: gone. Now. Which that but that comes with like
0: an iconicism, right? That comes with like a who set up this character first. Right, I mean, he's painting
3: like, on the side of buildings. There's, and there's, stuff, there's something I mean.
0: different about that where some where like even Pierce Brosnan, it's like he was Remington Steele. And he's also done a lot of projects in between and after Bond. Scott, you right. like to say his some of his best Bond work is him in movies that yeah. are not him being Bond. <laughs> so right? I was the, just Taylor, Taylor Panama, that. the, mat, the he, Matador. The
3: November Man. Oh, that's the, the role of
4: people like, James Bond. Yeah, he
3: did so, so it, many where he's like, guess what, wink, wink, I'm still playing Bond. He must have
2: done yeah. ten of
4: those. And, he, yeah. and
3: he's <laughs> done a lot. And he
0: did a lot of movies in between Bond movies, right? He did Taylor, um, uh, the, uh, the Thomas Crown Affair, Thomas Arby Crown Affair, Taffy Bond movie. the James Bond
2: Peak, affair, like,
0: Dante's Peak. after the sunset, or that was afterwards. But right. I mean, yeah. but there, but he, no. you know, he's tried to like be a movie star, not just a James Bond. Craig. Well, so I think he was the Lord.
3: first one to succeed. To well, right that's twice. what I'm saying. but. So, what Pierce the sexiest man alive, I'd forgotten at some point in here. Yeah. have yeah, they I all mean.
0: been at some point? Were they all? I don't think so.
3: Point? No, because it started no. with Mel Gibson. Sean Connery was. Timothy Dalton later. was the sexiest man alive? No, you. he wasn't. <laughs> Timothy Dalton was not. Roger Moore was not. Dave George okay. Lazenby? Fair, was fair not. enough. But,
0: I mean, you know, you so to get back to Craig, though, it's like, yes, he's done plenty of movies, but it's, you know, it's not like the. It, it Bond seems like made him more though. Yeah, it, it, it seems sure. like he's never been like beyond the the ones I mentioned. Logan Lucky, <laughs> yes, yes. Bond, blah, 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 where it's very specific because he's playing such an outlandish character compar- comparatively. He's never been like the highlight. He's not, you know, he's not the one you came to see for the girl with the dragon tattoo. He's you he didn't go and see
1: Edward Zwick's uh, Jewish Rebellion movie. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, I didn't. I mean, no, it, I didn't. It, it goes to show like his his casting was good PR for Layer Cake. You know, uh, like, that's, yeah. that's one thing that came with it. It was like, oh, we got to watch... Just like when Hayden Christensen was cast as Anakin, we all watched Life as a House. I Life as a House. It's
3: a good movie, actually, Life as a House. Yeah.
4: It
1: like,
2: was <laughs> a good movie. I
1: think,
4: also, Craig had the disadvantage of being Bond in an era when people didn't show up for just movie stars anymore.
0: Yeah, that's the other thing, right? Yeah. Like, you, you've you <laughs> heard about this a lot, Scott. I mean, it's the IP oh, yeah, that's, it's, the, that's the star. It's not the,
4: not the reason the why Hollywood is the way it is right now, frankly. You know, people, not to turn this into a soapbox, but, you know, when people complain about the lack of originality or the lack of high concepts, it's movie stars. When, you know, people didn't go to see, you know, Hitch because, oh, wow, what a neat idea for romantic comedy. That's right. an original and interesting concept. They went because they knew it was a Will Smith's romantic comedy that looked fun.
3: Yeah, right.
4: Uh, and, you know, when you lost that, that was the, you know, when actors and To a certain extent, directors were the brands and were the franchises. People would show up for a movie. They didn't care whether it was original or whether it was an IP or whether it was based on a book that you read.
2: You well, know, how did it that did change? change?
3: It's true, but how did it change?
2: What's yeah, what
3: I, I, the I think pro- it evolved.
0: Yeah. I think the prominence of franchising.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's gonna make the next Bond casting very, very right, interesting. But a movie cause...
3: star is like a franchise in that regard. You're gonna go see the new whatever. Kevin Costner. They don't movie though. Of, yeah, but they but well, don't, they, they well, don't, it's don't well, anymore.
0: It's not that, it's not that they don't. Right? It's just that the new ones don't catch on, and the old ones are the ones that are you know have been seasoned at this. Still do it, but yeah. there's just so few of them, right? There's only so yeah. many Tom yeah. Cruise's. Yeah. There's only so many Leonardo DiCaprio.
3: What yeah, right now from the reason you were going was because Michael Douglas was in it too. Now I'm going to see it because because no
0: would, because would, because no one chose to accept the new ones and be like this is why I'm going to this thing. They're, Chris Hemsworth you
1: know, can't open something yeah, on Chris the Hens- They'll, they'll acknowledge it's that like, this
0: guy is like someone I know and I like, but they're not going out of the way to see Black Hat.
4: And also because we saw such an increase in charismatic would-be stars playing marquee characters, the idea of that actor then just playing a guy was considered a lesser value.
3: Just you know, like Pierce Brosnan not playing James Bond in between James Bond movies. They would have made $100 million more if he was just called James Bond. Yes.
4: Uh, to a certain extent, yes. Um, so, you know, Star power Stone matters. Tom Hardy as Venom is still useful in a way that some random dude as Venom is. Right. And it's certainly more useful than Tom Hardy as some guy.
0: I mean, you, you got know, that in the same year, that, right? You you, you yes, got yeah, up you got actor. upgrade with not Tom Hardy, right. which made no exactly. money, and you got Tom Hardy as Venom, which made money. But, because
3: yeah. he, but he, I think he's one of the few guys where he's a cachet, and people expect him to be quote unquote good in a movie. Well, but it's a it's a mix
0: of the two, though, right? What there's no yeah. other Tom Hardy movie that isn't a franchise that's like, man, Tom Hardy's here. Like, I mean, it's it's you know, Tom Hardy's as this guy. Yes, let me do that.
1: Right, right now, right, right now it's right. based on those franchises, some directors, and then some actors.
2: What
3: cosmic shift? Idolatry of movie stars to franchises is it contempt for entertainment people's salaries? Uh, pushing too, may, too
1: many, too um, many Taylor Kishes at us. Yeah,
3: Getting a lot of Robert go. Wagner. There were always
1: people. But they whipped really so many. They whipped too many of them.
3: Yeah, it's, I think people just uh, got more cynical about. Hold on, it. Hold on, they got, hold on, hold sort on. Of they yes,
0: they've they've always done that, but the the thing that you like seeing in theaters evolves, and the thing that you get comes so frequently now. It's not. I mean, there's there's you know, look at the summer. Look at look at any week where there's like a number yeah. like March. What you summer, Aaron? What summer? Hold on. Yeah, no you get a, you kidding. get a blockbuster every week that has somebody in it. It's like, well, it's yeah. not special anymore. It doesn't. That's. I mean, that was one of my issues with Amazing Spider Man, where it's yeah. like. You have good. You have a good cast here. You have a director coming off a good indie hit, and it's like. But what made this movie different? It ends with Spider-Man fighting a big blue beam in the sky and a generic CG <laughs> villain, and it's, and it's Spider-Man. It's the biggest yeah. superhero character ever, right? Outside of Batman or Zoom. like it's. Why Why does this feel lesser? It's because there's
1: so much right. like it. It's not special anymore. Right. That's why Star Wars worked so well in the winter. So yeah. Well, even
0: I mean, yeah, that's, exactly why, I, so, that's why. That's exactly why Solo didn't do well. It's like. What's different about this? You have white guy well, fighting this, stuff for whatever reason.
3: Like, okay, that, what else? And the model is going to grind to a halt eventually. It has to.
1: It's going to be diminishing
3: I mean, returns for another few decades. if Force Awakens
1: opened in May instead of December. I don't think it's – I mean, I think it's still wildly popular. makes a yeah, lot of money, but there's Avengers too many – yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't have been the you know, monolith it would that 2. it became. $5
4: billion instead of $2 billion.
1: I want yep. to tone this back down now, because we need to, we should talk more about this movie. We <laughs> went all Moonraker into space. Now we're coming back down to earth. There we go. We jumped. The oh sh- yeah! How oh, cool is
4: the field herself? At yeah, last. we've got a lot
0: of reveals. We got the Bond girl is actually the villain. The the he, she's in she's there the she's in love with Robert Carlyle the villain. But I got to keep. I didn't get to talk too much it about all yeah carlisle is very good at this movie like he's mm-hmm. so committed to doing this weird part where he has to like shave his head up his weird scar on his face he can pick up burning rocks and not feel pain like it's it's a it's a really cool like bond villain role that like adds... he's got
3: like a tra- operatic tragic element to him, yeah you get I you
0: think. get a lot of empathy Charity. going for him despite yeah. him being like you know the
3: worst character in this movie <laughs> like... but again you got two really good villains yeah, because they're which...
0: selling the hell out of it, and then Judy Dench is here, and you got a lot more for her to do on a personal level from M. So it's like it all really like pays off.
3: Now what did this? Uh, so this went up against uh, Sleepy, Sleepy Hollow. Hollow I'm same sure weekend, and
0: they, and they and they no, they both made
1: thirty million dollars exactly. In the wow, same weekend. <laughs> like seven died.
4: for
3: me made thirty five, and Sleepy Hollow made thirty. You
4: You'll remember
1: okay. Tomorrow Never Dies and Titanic made about the same money yes, when they came out. Oh, I
4: do out.
3: remember that.
4: Um, Brosnan got good
1: competition
0: during his era. Well, and
4: that's one reason I think when Die Another Day finally opens... Comparatively unopposed, it was the second weekend of Harry, second or third weekend of Harry Potter. It blows the roof off and does forty-seven million dollars on opening and, weekend.
0: And the PR was huge, because like, that was what the 40th anniversary of Bond. Ward- or, Am- yep. 40th anniversary. They're, like, they're really playing it up, like this is guys, this is the Bond, this is the movie to see this holiday. There's the Wizard no. Kid, sure, but this guy, look at him, he's got this car. They're an. Halle Berry. Halle Berry's won an
1: Oscar. They, like you know.
0: Some English guy's a villain. Don't care about him, though. Madonna's in Madonna's yep. in this thing. Madonna's like, I mean, in they, it, like,
1: and she sings. She's a Bond girl. Madonna's a Bond girl. Oh. And she had just come out with music, which is one of her better albums in a while. True. Uh, yeah. We're going to make the bullet shoot through in the opening. Yeah, it's super nah. high tech. And it's gritty now. It's gritty There's Bond because he gets capped in the beginning. invisible
0: car.
3: I'm telling you, cut out that surf, that opening shot with the surfing. People like that movie 50% more. We got the villain from Fast and the
0: Furious.
4: Uh, uh,
3: uh, <laughs> That's
4: well, who that guy thing.
2: is.
3: Before the movie came
4: out, the reviews were actually pretty positive. No, they were I remember being shocked that I didn't like it. Uh, you you were like Roger all of Ebert these. i I
3: didn't like
4: it. Ebert Weekly gave it an A-. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember being up shocked that you know again. I like I went into it expecting to be good.
0: I mean, I walked I out of it it liking good. it. I, I've soured on I it in years. Year. I've soured on it in it. years since, just because yep. of it's hard to rewatch. I like, walked I out
3: with a smile on my face. I enjoyed it, and I've enjoyed it every time I've seen it since. It had, its highs are
0: good. The high highs are really good in that movie. I, I like, yes. it, which includes the second half where there's like a, a damn car chase of invisible car in Iceland. And it's so
3: awesome.
0: It's doing flips and stuff. It's just the other stuff with like Bond on a yeah. wave that's all CG.
3: That's or... what I'm saying. If you cut that first shot out, that's not like the first, that movie, No, that's in the middle of
0: the movie. More. There's two. Again, there's two surfing scenes. The first or surfing scene, the, yeah, the second one's out. the problem one. No, yeah, the, the first one's, one's oh, okay. fine. It's like, well, that's something different. But yeah, it's the second one where it's like, uh.
3: <laughs> again, it's like this is the one with these. That's the one with Bond surfing. There's so much more in those movies than those two things. Um.
4: But having said that, I think the action scenes are terrific. I just, yeah, yeah
0: it's it's the rest of it just doesn't do much, no, that's the second why half. They, that, that, That's yeah. why they got Lee Tamahori, right? He's like he he, uh-huh. he, made the, he made the Edge, that's he the made guy. Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin and, and Harold Perrineau Jr. into action stars.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he did for me one afternoon in the summer of that year, whatever that came he, out.
0: He in '97, he and David
3: Mamet <laughs> did a great I job. I like the Edge.
2: The Edge is I good. I like the Edge. The Edge. I like, the, movie.
0: I like the edge because Anthony Hopkins, like when they're, once they're fed up with that Klondike bear, he has that line where he's like, we're going to kill the
3: motherfucker. We're going to kill the motherfucker. <laughs> and they, and he's calling him like a motherfucker when he's fighting him, too, when he's fighting him with the Yeah, species. they're really you going mother- at that fucker, bear. Hate that.
0: Well, yeah, he killed Link from The Matrix Reloaded, so, I mean, you had to oh. get back at him. And that's Bart the bear in that. The Bart yeah, the Bear, the bear in every yeah, movie. The, everyone's favorite bear was the villain. It was a real. <laughs> so you have was no real, choice. Um, There's
3: no other bear. There's only bark the Bear, those, It was a real movie, like made out it, was a real offbeat, it was a real
0: offbeat. It was real offbeat pick for it.
3: It was like it was like
0: watching um, Henry 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 Fonda in in the in the in the, in the uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah, the I remember. Bear the I
3: remember. Do you remember when 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 uh, when. Hopkins Sunday said, said, I'm quitting serious movies, I'm just gonna do action movies. And my first one is gonna be called Bookworm, and that was the edge. And he never did another one. I guess he did bad company with Chris Rock. That was, it. Co- he's, he what, was is all, he's in all
0: those Thor movies. He's um he's in yeah, Transformers.
3: Yeah, he's in the fake Shakespeare scenes of the Thor movies. He's I in Transformers. He he's, he's in Transformers, like all of it. Star. Like he's all of that movie. <laughs> he's in the the last night or whatever? No, yeah, he's in the he last in?
0: night, and it's not just like him in a library, he's in like all of the action sequences in
4: that movie. <laughs>
3: I like Anthony. Well, I saw him coming out the thing of the other
2: day.
4: The thing with Hopkins, and you know, I've said this a lot, and, and I feel the same way about her, him and Scarlett Johansson, because they are considered very serious, very prestigious actors that are so much more comfortable and more relaxed in pulp fiction films.
3: Hopkins, yeah.
0: Oh yeah, they oh. love genre. They're genre people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: Really.
0: I mean, that's yeah. that's 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 the fun of being an actor, I'd assume, right? Exactly. Like. It's like it's one thing to be like, yeah, my agent said I can do this prestige thing and get an award, or like I'll inter- increase my international value if I do this thing. It's another thing to be like, yeah, I'm gonna wear like a funny wig and a costume or something, and, like just be this zany. Well, uh, you get to a point you know, where Odin. you want to
3: stop doing the grueling stuff, you know? Like I think De Niro did the same. You get to a point where you don't want to do these roles that are so grueling anymore. You want to just sort of coast on your. Na- I mean, Anthony Hopkins just a good actor. He can play any part <laughs> without much preparation and do a good and job. De Niro, so
0: that's what he, does. He, he and like Hoffman and Defoe, I they're like De they—they—I they, 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 I think they—I think they're guys that I think they're guys that like the research more than. Like, I don't you know. know.
3: Right or I right, analyze this, De Niro, something happened.
0: Yeah, but I mean, he also does the research for those parts, though. <laughs> like he,
3: he, he does. does the but he—I I, when it happened, I said, you know what? It's okay. You did enough. You tried so hard with Raging Bull you put so much into those. You can just go put to pasture for the rest of your career. Well, they, just be they, a good they, actor. You don't Well, have
0: well to the, be. it's the other—it's the other thing though, Yancy. It's the, he and Pacino. They have a lot of kids. Like they have to like, they have to make, oh, money. That, <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not joking either. They have a lot of kids. They need to make money to support these things.
3: Interesting. Well, Hey, all they have, they the have to make sure themselves. those kills are righteous. Uh,
2: yeah. Righteous <laughs> yeah. kills. Yes. I mean,
0: you can, you can flout him as like one of the, you know, the, the world's greatest actors of all time in history of film or whatnot, all you want to, but at the same time, it's like having credit for deer hunters, not paying the bills. Like you got to do a Fokkers movie to like make that money.
3: I don't know if I believe that. I feel like De Niro's got some money stocked away at this point.
0: I mean, he's spreading it pretty thin between his restaurants, his film festival, all the other antics he gets into, whatever Rebecca houses he owns. Yeah. And, yeah, all of and all of his children. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, the and thing. the ex-wives. I
4: mean, he's in a lot most of, stuff of he's those
2: doing. films, he's
4: pretty good in them. I mean, yeah. he's having a blast in the first week yeah. of the parents' movie. Yeah. I think he's very good in the sequel. I'm not a fan of the third one, but whatever. I like, he's yeah, I like the second one. Yeah, I like the second one. He's terrific in the intern. That's one of his best performances in the last ten, fifteen years.
3: I haven't seen the I intern. I believe
4: they, it. I do think there is a perception when you're dealing with these older, you know, '70s era actors that unless they're playing tough guys or mobsters, they're not really trying.
2: This um, um just, yeah, just to get I back suppose to this that's probably true. I
0: I always just to get back to what we're talking about. Now we're at the helicopters on the caviar. Factory action sequence. Up the
4: helicopter blades.
0: I, f- I always forget that this action scene like a th- like almost at the end of the movie. I thought I thought it was yeah. just like in yeah. the middle. Yeah. It comes well,
1: it's late.
4: kind of a digression.
3: Yeah. There's 40 minutes left. It's not the end yet. I'm and it's arguably
0: like the most inessential action sequence, right? Like this is the only one we're oh, like, It's, it's a, it only happens because we haven't had action in a while, so we might as well have an action sequence. Because <laughs> huh. the rest pull of them one, can, like, pull
1: one out of the jar, Barbara.
0: Like, this could easily just be like, uh, you know, we send one guy to try to go after them, and, you know, he fails. But instead, it's like, let's send a fleet of helicopters to elaborately destroy a caviar factory. (laughs) And we need to get the car in somewhere. We haven't talked about this. Brosnan's Bond films, the first three, all BMW-sponsored. Yep. He gets the Aston Martin back in, um,
2: in Die Another Day. (laughs)
3: I mean,
0: it cuts out the, cut the audio.
4: Path. That's not bad. Scott, what were you saying? Do I have the audio
0: on? You're fine. I hear you.
4: okay. Sorry, I heard a buzzsaw somewhere.
0: No, that that was a car passing on Yancey.
4: <laughs> oh! I'm oh. sorry. Perfectly timed. It literally was right as the car was <laughs> buzzed, buzzed in yeah. half. Mm-hmm.
0: Ignore me. Well, yeah, I was just saying, like, yeah, the, the the first three Brosnan films, they're all BMW films for some reason, which always threw me off. I'm like, why is it BMWs now? Like, I, I mean not the first time you've had like the lotus and what have you but it's like that's that's a choice uh and then finally they're like i guess we'll bring out the aston martins with the vanquish and die another day (laughs) yeah anyway it's chopped in half now so it didn't do much
1: ain't bring Minnie driver back but they brought robbie coltrane (laughs)
0: she's in she's in the back of the caviar factory strangling the cat
4: goldie (laughs) yeah
0: yeah he's a he's a rapper i believe and he was in snatch
3: he was a, No, he's a techno guy, right? Wasn't he in yeah. uh, Massive Attack or something?
0: Yeah, uh, I don't know about Massive Attack. He might have a collab. I think he's just, he's, I know, yeah, he's, he's like a rapper techno guy, I think. That,
3: that
1: yeah, I guess you're right, yeah. yeah. Golden. You know, Robbie Coulter's kind of like the Topol for Brosnan. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's the Topol, he yeah, exactly. They didn't
0: get, They couldn't bring back Joe Don Baker for this film, though.
1: Yeah, what, what happened there? the
0: the guy who was apparently best friends with the Broccolis because he's like yeah I was a villain once but you know you can have me for two and
1: films as a good guy also <laughs> like why not well, and it's funny it's funny though the, the light con- I love the light continuity touches they're more amusing than trying to strong it because they're like well we killed our Felix lighter like lost limbs so he can't I be in the field so here here's Jodan Baker different is. actor will
0: just bring in somebody yeah. else to represent Felix. Well,
1: Right, exactly. It's, I love the little, like just like a like a Friday the Thirteenth or a Hammer Dracula. You know, these are in the same series, but you know,
3: there's just... a few. Uh, there are a few actors who have played more than one part in this series, right? Beyond oh yeah, What's like, is name? A Maud right. Adams. Maud Adams.
1: Yeah, yeah, Maud Adams. Yeah. I
3: feel there's another one too where someone else is like two different people, two different characters in the series. Like they almost do it on purpose.
1: Well, you could do that back in the day because people didn't have own it at home. It wasn't like on TV or you couldn't yeah, rewind you can, or obsessively can, watch them.
0: You can you can have Lee Van Cleef be in two different Man with No Name those.
1: <laughs> now right. now they they'd require if that happened you'd have to require a backstory and lots of dialogue as to why they right. look like a certain person. Exactly like I, I say, like I said before, the class. last time the last time anyone's getting away with that right now is the Don Cheadle change in Rhodey in Iron Man two. That's, That's last the last time. time I was getting away with that? Last time, <laughs> last time you just recast and be okay and just fly Without with getting crucified for it, you're probably right. right. Hold on,
0: this is, right. No, hold on. The, the, the Warriors 3, you had, um, what's his name? One guy as Fingral, and then you had Chuck, uh, Zachary Levy as, as Fingral in the in Thor the Dark World. You changed that one That's uh, a small, yeah. A super, a super important a- character.
1: Very costumed uh, character, yeah. And if we're
0: really keeping track, I mean, Alfre Woodard comes in as sad person in Civil War, and then she's like the villain in all of, uh, of, um, uh, not Iron Fist, uh, of Luke Cage. Which
2: well, apparently was a
1: mistake. Those never counted anyway. <laughs> I have
0: <what> to say. <laughs> yeah, Don Cheadle's the only, like, major one that they had to deal with.
2: Mm hmm.
4: Oh. No, and actually, I, I. I agree with you. I like seeing him in this film. Spoilers, no. I'm sad when he dies.
0: Yeah. Um, it, it's also a good death, though, as far as what he accomplished oh, in yes, this movie. yes, very
4: much. Right. Um, I think one of the reasons there was a backlash to Denise Richards, beyond everything else, is that they made no effort to make her into a stereotypical, tough and power, not just a damsel in distress, can kick-ass right, right. name right alongside Bond. And there had been a certain drive toward that for at least one of the Bond girls. You know, say what you will about Natalia and Goldeneye, who was more of a brains than brawn, but you still like Xenyana top machine gunning everybody.
2: Well, I mean, he's
4: uh,
3: he's that, sort of she's basically at this point already inexcusable. Yeah you know sexual addition to the movie i get the, i get it she's you know I, yeah to me it makes sense you have a beautiful girl come in, in the last third who's ridiculous but is you know in a bikini or whatever but yeah. i think you're already entering the culture where you can't do that you can't have one element sort of be goofy people get too uptight but i, I you know like and it's to balance out the complexity of the other bond girl who's yes. not a bond girl i think yeah yeah, well, it's a one Bond is. Girl by I
0: Nicole, mean, but as far as being an actress in a Bond movie, you become a Bond.
3: Just because she's a she's a big boob American actress who was she was on the she was
1: uh, she was on her rise. Of that. I mean, she was like the hot new thing. Uh, there was this there's Starship I mean, yeah, she, Troopers. There was what wild things. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. She was a sex she was star for climbing sure, you know.
1: climbing up, and I mean, yeah. this this year alone, I think this was just one of like a couple high, pro, high profile projects, and this one kind of sunk her. I mean, she had stuff come out after this, but stuff she'd probably already been signed for or it's working sunk on. sunk her
3: because we, now we're talking about a culture where just having an element of it's supposed to just be sexy and nothing else is not enough. is not acceptable. Well, and here's but, the um,
1: thing. Like, one of the things was like, oh, Denise Richards is a scientist. But, I'm like, oh, so you're saying scientists can't be attractive? Exactly. Or you exactly, know, like, now we exactly, can question exactly, that. Now we can question that. Back exactly. then, it was like, scientists aren't attractive. Scott, exactly. Don't well, don't
0: Go, yes. Going back, going back to your points, I mean, yes, there there has been a drive in the other Bond movies to make the yeah. make the actresses like have more agency as far as what their role is, whether they're you know equally matched as far as physical capability or intellect or like what they're doing to drive the plot forward. So yeah, it does, especially in the Sprozen era, where you had you had Natalia and Goldeneye as like you, you know a hacker that's better than the master hacker working for James Trevelyan, and you have yeah. Michelle Yeoh coming in as someone that's better at action than Bond is. So it's like. Yeah, this is like, I mean, as far as a character that's on the same side as Bond, it is a huge digression as far as what they've been seemingly been working for, towards. And, and even like the Dalton films, there's like stuff. I, I can't specifically remember the Bond women in those films. But I mean, there's there's a drive to doing something very specific versus what this goes
3: on here um, in terms of the, the the hero's love interest. It turned out to be a bad guy. Is that stem from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? In terms of big mainstream oh, movies? A, it's a femme fatale thing. When does that happen before in these kind of movies, though?
1: In these kind of
3: movies? Well,
1: I'm in filming the noir movies are... all the time, but... The noir, sure, but that's, you know, that's... A, it... Well, it was a change of pace
4: for a James Bond film, but it right. certainly was something that you had seen in any number of genre
2: pictures.
1: I mean, usually uh, in a Bond film, if she was bad, Bond already... We already knew she was bad or Bond did and he played around with her. It was never yes, a surprise to right, him. Right,
3: of course, right. Um the other
4: thing is, you know, something that you said, most actresses that made a James Bond film, frankly, it in correlation or causation, I don't know, but it did hurt their careers. So Terry yeah, Magic yeah, yeah. did almost nothing between Tomorrow Never Dies and Desperate Housewives. Uh, Halle Berry did almost no, you know of note? Did almost nothing between, you know, other than the X Men sequels between, uh, you know, Die Another Day and I don't know what you would argue her comeback to, was. To, to
0: be to be fair, I mean, and you're not necessarily wrong as far as the the quality or yeah. the amount of work, but I mean, yeah. they, they she came off that experience positive and they're working to make her her own spin off film, but also she did regardless of quality again. She did headline a summer movie with Catwoman. Like she was oh, like yes, the Oh yes.
1: <laughs> well, and was it was Gothica after it?
0: Gothica was two thousand three, so yeah, so yeah, it was yeah, yeah. right
1: after. Um, and
4: the other thing is most of these, you know, most of these actresses were not terribly well-known beforehand.
3: Right, they were chosen for their yeah, sex appeal largely. they were largely.
4: chosen because they were attractive, and there are not a lot of roles of substance for actresses like that. You know, your are Claire Fionis of the world, that all due respect are mostly known for being excessively attractive. Yeah. Uh, or oh, yeah. Dana Brewster, or someone like
1: that. I mean, Famke right. Jassan, she, I mean, that was her big launch, and she had pretty a, steady.
4: That's exception to the rule, I would argue. Well, she I mean, actually also,
0: became a star from a Bond film. Well, it, it moves, well, it's, there's the quality of the character for one thing, but also it moves yeah. to, like, what kind of roles they're taking. Like, Famke Johnson yes. stuck with genre stuff, right? I mean, yes. it's not, yeah. you know, there's not really much diversity in the parts that she was trying to take after that point.
1: Um, I mean, Michelle Yost had a pretty good career. Uh, I mean, she Pipe was already an international, yeah, she was an international right. superstar. Yeah, she was an international superstar, uh, but, I mean...
3: But the main Bond girls, for sure, like, who's the... Whatever happened? Who's the the main girl in the *Golden Eye*? Is uh, Isabel. what's her yeah. name? Yeah, she didn't do much else. I don't Not think America. she was, was in she um, *Red Sonya* or something. No, she, she was, was in *Vertical Limit*.
0: *Vertical Limit* Land with Martin, Martin, Martin Campbell Man. again, and then uh, *Rain yeah. of Fire*.
4: Mm-hmm. And
0: um, what Please. the? Yeah. Is that the? Is she in *What Dreams May Come* or is it the other one? What are you thinking of? Oh, I believe it's the other one. Annabella of C- Ciora. Yes, sorry. Right.
3: I believe that's the other one. I was feeling Annabelle of Ciora was great. It's the well it's the Kendall names that are very
0: the names oh, are I very see. similar. I, see. <laughs> I wanted no, to but, mention you mentioned Goldie as far as the guy that's in this. He he's in Snatch. Then in Casino Royale you have the you have the the big guy uh Tyrone in Snatch, he's in Casino Royale. There's a weird connection with Guy Ritchie movies in <laughs> this moment.
1: I mean, other before Brosnan, what do you, ha- you have? What Diana Rigg, But she was somebody before. Yeah. And she, uh, Tanya Roberts. Granted, we laugh, but Tanya Roberts was a thing. I mean, these were usually
3: synchronized with Playboy, like centerfolds or like pictorials at the time. So it was a different different time for the culture. They would synchronize Bond girls with Playboy magazine. So it was definitely, you know.
1: I mean, Bar- Bar- Barbara Bach was. Somebody,
3: Barbara Ringo Starr's uh, wife. She didn't have to do yeah. anything. She did some B movies. <laughs> I guess that's a sexist <laughs> Yeah, but you're right. Most no, almost nobody. Oh, Jane uh, Seymour. Jane Seymour. Jane did Seymour, well. Jane Seymour yes. did well. Oh, but yeah, I, they're, think, they're I think a lot exactly. of them are sort
1: of. Honor Blackman, but she was somebody too already.
3: Yeah, but like Lois Childs was basically a model before that, before yeah. Moonraker, right? So I mean, you know. Just the changing tenor of having something in the movie just for eye candy.
1: It stop being like, acceptable. "You look good. Can you read lines? Congrats, you're the new Bond girl."
2: Yeah. The, the Craig
0: <laughs> movies have the benefit of stronger writing for some of these characters. When, yes, mean you know, right. ca- And you cast appropriately for that, so you have yeah, you get Eva Green artists. and yeah. And then and Skyfall even, just yeah, doesn't. Skyfall just doesn't have it. Skyfall's M. M is the Bond. Play- what I mean, happened
4: to after that? She went nowhere. Yeah. yeah, whatever happened to you. cats? <laughs> well, there you go. My point. Um, and, I, you know, this... obviously she's a odd girl, but Naomi Harris has a genre list of you know, yeah. a genre list just a mile long.
0: Right. Yeah, you got um, pirates and zombie movies. Yeah, she's right. aged ten <laughs>
4: seconds since pirates. Um, and obviously she's in Rampage. She's in Black and Blue. She's allegedly in Venom too. Um, this,
0: uh, let's talk about this movie for a second. This torture yes. device that she puts it's Bond awesome. in is awesome. <laughs> like,
4: it's so like it's
0: so like simple, but at the same time it's like, this looks bad. This Hellraiser. looks like, <laughs> like, like Cenobites. <laughs> this looks not good for Bond right now. Like this is one of those much like the that's again, yeah. I as much as I want to like be like there's good stuff in Spectre, like the torture thing he goes through is so elaborate and specific, and I'm like, there's no way you get out of this,
1: and then they find some stupid way to get out of it. <laughs>
0: It's very similar. That's what I was thinking of it. As far as him yeah. being like strapped in a chair,
1: getting his nuts hit with a rope by Well, the
0: Casino Royale, that's just very, yeah. that's just great simplicity. Mad yeah. Mickelson, a great yeah. Bond girl in himself. Oh. Um, <laughs> he's <laughs> he's terrific doing that stuff. He's like it's just about the little things, right? But like, just,
1: just... <laughs> Casino is just lightning in a bottle. Oh my gosh. But yeah. Thinking about Mad Mads Mickelson is the villain. He's just oh, he's great.
0: That's a great villain role too, where it's like right. this is this is a guy who's pressed against time by other bad guys, and so he has to do his thing, and Bond is messing him up. Like
1: that's a great role. Right. And Mads that, that kind of introduced a lot of us, a lot of people, to Mads Mickelson, who's who the man who like oh gosh Hannibal Lecter, but now he's like the Hannibal Lecter for people. <laughs> the, like the thought? crazy
0: thing with Mads is like he was in the the old Nicholas Winding Refn movies where he's just like he's not he's not this suave guy. He's like right. This, like, punkish asshole guy. It's like, well, now yeah. he's the guy that wears nice suits and everyone loves.
4: Yeah. Well, seven years after killing them softly, Matt, you know what? Ben Mendelsohn's a sex symbol. Yeah,
0: and then they put both of them in a movie together and people can't stop talking about them. <laughs> anyway, Bond's getting his neck broken right now. It's just rough. She's
1: very good. Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah. She deserved to have a bigger, better career. Unfortunately,
1: first three outings, I think Brosnan's got some pretty good villains, or at least performer like Jonathan Price. Like he delivers lines so beautifully in Tomorrow Never Dies. And like speaking it's- of. Speaking of Anthony Hopkins,
0: he was the villain in that movie and walked off like three days into filming. He was gone. Oh, really? Yeah. No
2: way. Oh, he, he was really?
0: hired. He didn't like that. They didn't have a script. And he's like, I'm out of here. And he got out. And then they hired Jonathan Price like right away. And he had to like find the character as they were filming. The two
3: cool. popes. The two popes. That's what they talked about. They had the two character. popes at the time. <laughs>
1: <is>. <laughs> and then he you know, got but... a script for another spy movie. He's like, I'm not passing on this again. Guys,
0: the thing about that movie, you get one Pope, and then you get another one for free. It's just, it's a, it's magic. <laughs> two Popes, one price.
2: Yeah, in this economy? <laughs> um,
0: I'll, I'll have one ticket to two Popes. I, I didn't think of that, though. Yeah, the two Popes were, were both in Tomorrow Never Dies for a brief period. <laughs> but you're not, yeah, you're right, Scott. I mean, the or, Brent, the Scott, the villains in Bond's films, these first three, are very good. It's, yes. a sh- it's a shame that Time the Day drops that ball with the most boring British villain you could have.
3: The fake guy Pierce guy, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah like, fake guy but, Pierce but, is right. But, but Ricky yeah. is fun as the henchman, as Diamond Face, and Ro- and Rosamund, Rosamund Pike. Rosamund yeah.
3: to do, Yeah. But it's got that cool crazy machine with all the colors on it that uh, changes your face. Oh come on, I no, like Time Day. No,
0: it's just the the, the performance from uh, Gustav Graves is so like
3: GG. Whatever. Yeah. Boom.
2: No.
3: And I think so. he Marceau did have a good career in France, for what it's worth.
1: Robbie Coltrane will not live to die another day.
3: That's just rubbing it in.
1: This is th- th- that is a
0: sad moment though, because it's mm-hmm. like he he dies because he got sad from his like his relative die, his cousin dying, right? Yeah. Like, well, that was his his, his uh, He was well, upset and about guy, that. And
1: The gold teeth guy turned on him. He was the. Yeah. And this, this
0: bit right here where he's, like, shooting <laughs> at love, Bond. Pierce Bro- is like, oh, God, oh, and God. And like, oh, wait right. a minute, it's
4: like, it seems <laughs> like, redundant.
0: What a hell of a last act for a guy to do <laughs> Like, gets an accurate shot off and dies.
1: Poor Hagrid. You're going to cry for buckbeat.
0: I like this choice of suit that they gave Rosin for this final act. It's like let's have, let's give him a lighter suit. <laughs> Just like mix things up.
3: She does the do white, the, the white, one white. thing, the one thing that I dislike in this in this in, in the cliche of the character you don't know is bad turning bad. She suddenly seems to have an unbelievably evil essence in terms of everything she says. As soon as you know she's the bad guy, yeah. You know oh, yeah. what I mean? Like all of a sudden she's sort of strutting around, and I'm like, so
0: that's why we hate why... that. That's, neener again, neener neener. Again, Nolan does the exact same thing in Dark Knight Rises. Well, the second yeah. the second yeah. Cotillard turns out to be Talia Al Ghul, she has her own fucking villain costume. Yeah. <laughs> like, <Yeah. it's>
3: like, <laughs> like whoo, <what? laughs> like, been meaning, been waiting to get
1: this back on.
3: Man, I'd argue if this if this movie weren't hadn't been dismissed as the Denise Richards one, Nolan never would have gotten away with that, which I bet was an unconscious <laughs> ripoff.
0: Yeah, he's just a big yeah. Bond fan. He just kind of yeah, like, yeah. yeah, all right, the element's here. You
3: know? <laughs> Charlie's the same even in Hancock, until you told me. She, I didn't think of that until you told me. Charlie's the same direct.
0: in Hancock where suddenly, like, the second she turns, she has, like, her own, like, costume
3: and everything. It's like, what? what? All right. It's a cliche from, like, the 90s serial thriller movies, like, where, the, where once the bad guy Basically, you can be completely insane, but until they call you on being the bad guy, you can your cover as a sane person is perfect. But the minute you're called out as the bad guy, you start singing and acting like a, a, you know, scenery chopping. It's it's like
0: their theater training kicks in. They're like, all right, time to emphasize some of these words here and bug out my eyes a bit. Like I just remember John. I
3: remember John Goodman in that movie Fallen with Denzel Washington. Yep. All of a sudden, he realized he's actually the bad guy, and he starts to sing, you know, the Rolling Stones and act
1: like. uh
0: well, that tracks with the movie, though. That, that, I guess that,
1: you're right.
3: But you know what I mean.
1: We've well, done a no commentary no on Fallout. He didn't put so, on a know, prison outfit. About. He didn't dress as Shocker in the final yeah. scene. He...
3: No, you know, I got it wrong. That, that's the one where there's no reason for him to be in that movie except to get to do that final scene. That's what it was.
1: Yeah,
0: basically. That was why you had Donald Sutherland in that movie. It's like, well, we need a captain. Like, who could well, we get a big actor? Why we get a big actor? Because he's going to be involved in the last bit. This is why you have that suit on, so you can have a nice blue shirt underneath so you can jump off
3: into the water. It's a good suit. This is the second one in a row that had extended underwater stuff, isn't it? In a yeah. row. Yeah. yeah. I remember thinking that. <laughs> brosden like like, another
0: that. thing where like Brosnan, like likes the water stuff <laughs>
3: that's the one thing i don't like about thunderball is that it kind of gets a little the, there's, underwater too, there's, there's that... too much of it that's the problem with
0: thunderball it's, well, like... it's
3: played as amazing wow look at this underwater footage because it is because it's the it's a
0: for spectacle film in the you know, yeah. night yeah. in the 1960s like there's nothing yeah. like that so it's like yeah, i mean it's what else are they gonna do there's no computer graphics at that point exactly
3: they've
2: had
0: they've, they've had planes chase after bond
3: and he's you know he's thought off odd jobs it's like yeah all right underwater sure that's fine. that's a, that that's the story of audience of, of audience uh, of an audience's reaction to the movies in miniature is is in 1965 the very fact that they shot underwater is amazing because they're thinking wow they actually did that nowadays almost nothing is considered to be wow they actually did that you know what i mean yeah, but, but yeah it, but now you, that just sense do, of,
0: but you just do a lot of it is there and that was the thing with but
3: everything is assumed to be fake so that element of wow they shot they actually went to the top of this mountain and dropped a car is just gone you so know so that's why the, that's is... why
0: the movies, that's why the movies that stand out are always going to stand out that's why mad max fury road is oh, pronounced yeah. as like the best film of the decade because you know How it did happened.
3: they do that like there's How there's a, there's, yeah. there's
0: a sense of wonder in that movie that you cannot explain exactly but you just know it happened true and there's a lot of that. there's a few movies like that and there's some that unfortunately fall by the wayside because of that like something like Offhand example, Furious Seven. They drop they drop cars out of a plane up in the air. Like they did that for real. <laughs> well,
3: how I much mean, CG is in those movies? I, you know, I'm not a, the biggest follower of that series. There's a high level of it, but it.
0: they do they do a ton of practical stuff. Also, like the car stuff is generally oh. very practical in those movies.
3: Yeah, because a CG car chase would be worthless. Why it would, would you? Be? Be. <laughs> I mean, the whole point is it's a real car. You already know it's I not think, really James Bond driving.
4: I either. think right now the expectation when you watch a film like that. Is that a lot of it is artificial? So when it's not, that becomes part of the marketing campaign. Uh-huh, that becomes yes. part of the appeal. The obvious That's, example being the Mission Impossible. Films.
0: Exactly. Yes. Yeah.
4: Gone from, from, you know, come watch Tom Cruise play Mission Impossible to come watch Tom Cruise, you know, Almost jump on the moon. Yeah. You know, he well, jumps off the him. moon. See Jackie Chan do that. Um. And and the stunt work. Even though it's obviously aided by special effects, or aided by you know wires or safety harnesses, things that prevent you know the actors from dying, right. it's still accomplished as practically as possible, and beco- you know, and that is very much a selling point, that's, even that's when
0: they were the, the course awake that's where the aid of the Internet comes in, because you can market the fact that Tom Cruise learned how to hold his breath or did multiple halo jumps or went on the Burj Khalifa. Like he could you can sell that before the movie even comes out to begin with. Yes. And then people are like, that's they're gotta, ready to see that. scene, right. And they get the rest of
3: it to go with it. That's got to be a, a dwindling percentage of people of, of the cause you're right. That's true. And that marketing works in terms of those Tom Cruise movies. But I do think overall, the idea that you're really seeing somebody do something is, is not something that we. I mean, it, 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 it's not. there would never the, going to be a Fred Astaire. There would never be a Fred Astaire again because you would never believe the guy was really dancing, right? You would just
2: think it was CG.
0: You're not wrong, but there's not enough of those to really have to worry about that. There's not enough Mission Impossible's yeah. that have a star that that's that big that's doing something like that.
3: Right.
4: believe well, even something like the John Wick pictures. A part of the marketing campaign is, you know, that these action sequences are relatively real in the sense that they are editing yeah. it in a way where you can actually see them they doing this. Really right. you know, yeah, that's, that's gun, true. You know, gun and or whatever you want to call it. But, um, it.
0: but it's still the same point. It's still – there's only yeah. one Keanu Reeves and there's only yeah. one John Wick series. There's other action yeah. movies like it. But but no, those, people can those, appreciate those either go that, direct to video or they make little money. I mean so there's, yeah. there's an appeal that yeah. comes yeah. with the fact that it's this specific person doing this
4: thing. Well, it's just there's fact, there's only the fact, fact that it's there's good, only one
1: Scott Atkins, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, exactly.
4: I think it just goes back to the overall thing is that everything that we claim that we want out of our movies only matters if it was something we want to see in the first place.
3: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: I um to talk about this real quick. They're in the sub now. I really like this vertical subset that they had to build for this thing. I think this is really cool. It's it it has this very specific look to it because it's white instead of like Hunt for Red October or any other number of sub movies where they're usually black or dark, right? That's
3: a good point, yeah.
0: And so so it really pops that way. I mean, we haven't talked about the action much in this movie beyond acknowledging that there is action in it, but the effects are really good in this movie. Like compared to, sure. compared to Die Another Day, where it takes a steep dive for the and when it comes to CG stuff, I mean the action stuff for the most part is fine. There's just a lot of green screen, but this movie, I, I, I've been watching it. I mean. The GoldenEye and taro never dies. Largely practical stuff. This one, largely practical too. But there are a lot of visual. There's a lot more visual effects just because it's 1999 and not 1985. And they look good. Like this is a good looking movie for the most part. I can't Very find many. I yeah. can't find many scenes where it really stands out that it's like not actually happening to some degree.
3: And it's, you know, it's, uh, this movie also does something else that that, that is, is 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 more valuable than get, that it gets taken given credit for. Is if, if you're doing a. I mean, this movie goes on past a point where you think it might end for another another whole action scene or two i think and you're not sorry that it's doing it you're 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 happily along for the ride whereas sometimes i i mean i haven't seen too many of the transformers pictures but i feel like in those movies they're sort of countering any idea you might get your money back by saying well you got three hours of expensive footage so you can't complain i don't know where i'm going with that but i mean
0: no i have the same issue with some of the marvel movies i mean we were talking about we were talking about Thunderball having an extended underwater action scene. Yeah. Scott and I both have issues with Captain America: The Winter Soldier because the last act is
4: really long with the action. Yeah. it kind of keeps going. True. I mean, there definitely needs to be one airship, not three. Yeah,
3: I mean, that's it, a good it, point. It's, there's just
0: a lot of stuff. Even like Iron Man 3, which I know you love, Scott. Like I have issues I with that third Iron act. I love
3: Iron Man 3. I, love I, I have Man issue with the, I have
0: issue with that third act because all of those Iron Man suits are cool in theory. But watching it for 30 minutes, it's like, that's a lot of Iron Man suits going around. I just I just get bored after a while.
1: There's so much of this
2: good the the Yeah, there's 21 the bridges, and you're just
1: fine, Aaron. You're just
0: fine. <laughs> <laughs> you're excited for tra- that. The problem with the Transformers movies, uh, in a general sense, because I more or less have things I like about most of them, uh, and lots of things I don't like about a lot of them, but is that Bay's, Bay doesn't have narratives to his action sequences. It's, it's give or take one, give or take a few. There's no narrative to that. We've talked about this before, but there's no, like there's no beginning, middle and end to a lot of what's going on in the major transformer action moments, especially like in that, the third one, dark of the moon, where they the whole half, like last hour of that movie is them fighting in Chicago. You can shuffle all of that action around. It would make no <laughs> difference because there's no real rhythm <laughs> to it. And it's just like, that's a shame. There's, there should be more coherence there. But because So even if you're getting the biggest possible spectacle you can get from a Transformers movie, it only matters so much because there's no, like, there's nothing to it. No one, in, you know, no one now or five years from now is going to be like, remember Transformers or Dark of the Moon when you know, Starscream dies. Right. No one cares. Like, right. like does not matter. They didn't care about that. Remember when? Remember when Megatron had that big epic? No, no, I don't. Like, who cares? Like, it was just it happened. I guess there was a lot of CG robots. I can't remember anything. There's no rhythm to it. I can tell you beat for beat things that happen in the John Wick movies because there's a sense of rhythm to those action sequences.
3: Yeah, uh, the amazing thing is I am, even though this is what is this the 15th Bond picture or the 17th? Like this is the 19th, 19th Bond movie. Yeah. It, there's no logically there's no chance anything's going to happen to james bond he's not going to die you know Stop. and yet i am invested in what's going on even though i know it's silly like whatever it does does it right because i'm invested in it even though i know it's just
2: welcome to, to your my particular
4: family a lie that i'm <laughs> yeah. supposed to be referencing to him being his son
2: yeah almost. oh Otherwise, interesting
3: I love that machine oh. with the gold thing that goes into it, really slow. Yeah. yeah.
0: Again, this set design I think is really cool. Like it, it it's all. It's not really, Ken like, Adams
3: anymore. He was gone at this point, right? No, no, it's not Ken
0: Adams, but like it's certainly, you know, the legacy of Ken Adams just move on for sure. That was another thing I had with Spectre, where it's like they have this big elaborate set and it just kind of blows up, and it's like, all right,
3: lay off. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. You're looking at these scenes, you can really Brandon, you can really see the idea of like, yeah, if he was his son, there's like a lot of emotional value that oh, comes yeah. out of this fight right here.
3: You just you can't undo that if you do it though. I'm glad they didn't uh, go for that. Uh-huh.
0: I mean, if if you had great writing and like, you know, I think there's a way to make that work, but yes, I mean it's it's a lot to take in for a Bond movie like it'd be like, I don't know, giving Jack Reacher a son a daughter in the neck in the second movie of the franchise. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh,
0: saw what, a, what a poor stupid idea that would be
3: you can't i think a certain amount of bond has to carry over to the next movie you can't have that kind of uh, backstory hanging on him i don't think that's why the wife thing is sort of referenced but kind of not really I mean, you know in, the, in they, the series they
1: poorly handle it in the first moments of uh diamonds uh, diamonds are forever and then it's gone until it's just referenced once during Oh, it's referenced a couple of times during Moore's era, and once during, already, right? and it's referenced during and licensed to kill, uh, yeah. Dalton. It's Diamonds are
3: forever. What? You didn't have too too much... eye. Huh? Because like we say, Bond technically falls in love with one of the girls at the end of every movie, and you never see her again. So yeah. it's reset. Yeah. It definitely resets. Like, I'm not um, he's not supposed to say, you
0: I mean, know, he's saying Fog in love is a bit much. It's like, yeah, he's he's finished. The oh, day come and he's like, on. They're going to go on a couple of dates.
3: There's they're one go on. that he sleeps with and one that he falls in love with in every one of these movies.
1: And he always goes back to Sylvia Trench. That's... Um,
4: getting back to your comment a minute ago. No, I don't think anyone what thinks was that was Robert Carlyle.
3: No one, no one thinks that he's going to die. The sense comes whether he's going to fail in his mission. I guess that's a point. Uh, as, I, as I said, that I thought that you're right. Is he going to be? Who's well, he going
2: to
4: well, be
3: able he's to save around him? What do they think about Brosnan? At least
4: to my recollection, he was the first Bond that really got his butt kicked on a regular basis, and
3: yeah, he did.
4: it hurt. I mean, he so missed it a couple minutes ago, but that, you know, the, the, he's suffering from the blows. He's Jackie Chan levels
0: of pain there that that, you know what that's exactly what I was about to say though that the Jackie Chan is the huge influence there there weren't action stars getting beat up that way until Mm, Jackie Chan started becoming more prominent he's an actor who his fight scenes what a big success about them is that he's not the he's not the the agitator he's always the one that's fighting he's fighting for his life. That's very – and, he, you know, he was rising yeah, to prominence. That's
2: a
3: lot of – Harrison Ford did a lot of that, I think, with Indiana Jones, too. Jackie
0: Chan was there, there at the same time. He's coming around yeah. in the 70s and 80s. and the 80s specifically, yeah. that's when he was getting rise to prominence. And, yeah, Harrison Ford is, like, there's a rough and tumbleness to Indiana Jones. But even then, he's, like, still – I mean, he's seeking the action or whatnot. A lot of Jackie Chan movies are just he's the wrong man in the wrong place at the wrong time.
3: But, um, I mean, Harrison Ford quick, gets quick. his ass kicked in movies. Like He looks like he's about to lose sometimes. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm you not know, saying it's the first time it's happened, but I'm saying yeah, mm-hmm. Jackie Chan, especially for a yeah, guy that's specifically exactly. known as being an action star, not not like a, a movie star in the way that Harrison Ford is, the right. actionness of him compared to other 80s action stars like Arnold and Sly and what have you, Jackie Chan's a guy who's fighting for his life in a lot of these. And I do <laughs> think that reflects on what Bond, you know, Bond and other action movies from that point, from the police story movies, there was a there was a way to take away from that that's yeah the action guy is now the guy mm-hmm. that's not only you know throwing the punches but taking them and trying to you know do what he can to defend himself and that and I think and I that... think, and, I, and I think Brosnan is very good at that we do I wanted to mention this earlier Brosnan is very good at looking like he's like withered from the action whether he's w- using the guns running from the explosions doing whatever he does that I think better than some of the than the other Bonds do. Craig is I, good.
2: It'd be interesting to, to,
3: to sort of, again, with the back the history, it'd be interesting to know how each actor who played Bond sort of as they grew into the role, the things that they wanted to do. I know Brosnan was very vocal about the things he wanted to do uh, with the character. And there's always pushback, of course, from the the, from whoever the producers, you know, but, uh, but that's interesting to me that that I wonder if that was a Brosnan call to have him be a little more human in terms of getting his ass kicked a bit. <laughs> I think
0: again. I think that comes with the times. I think that comes with the fact that it's yeah.
3: in the 90s and there's a shift in like how
0: movies are being made in general. I mean, it, I I wouldn't be surprised because Brosnan's been around a few times and he's seen these movies and he's a smart guy that he like had ideas. Yeah, it's, and it's Christmas, but once in And hear. it's it's out of the 80s at that point where everything's you know big and muscular and it's more. Cerebral, you got the Tom Clancy movies are you know coming in.
3: Whatever. Can you imagine if Captain America ended with an orgasm joke or any Marvel? An <laughs>
1: oh, God. An <laughs> I, I remember I love
3: that about the, James the, B-
1: the best one of the best things ever was in the theater when that line went off, and everyone was like, Oh, I loved it. I think you <laughs> only named great. the
3: character that for that line. There's no other
1: reason to name
4: her that. I, I was actually just <laughs> thinking, hey how come his bosses are still surprised every time that happens? You know they know who he is. B. I really want to see a very serious Daniel Craig Bond film end like that.
3: Oh, that'd Where be he's great. He's like with the girl, and he fucks up <laughs> the, the, the communication. Yeah, keeping the British end up. So. Doctor finds like
1: Mister Bond. Doctor, Bond. Dr. uh Janet Thanksgiving
3: you know What they used to do, I don't think they're doing this one. They used to do in the Roger Moore ones, was they would one of them they cut to black, and you hear the girl go, James. And yep. then the credits roll, like he's done something just unbelievably vulgar, or or.
1: Well, like... And Mo- Moonraker is like, "What is he doing? I believe he's attempting re-entry." Yeah. Wow.
0: <laughs> the, the Craig so movies good. are like too. So the Craig good. movies are too serious for that. The Craig ones, like people die but, on them, basically. They're like, what Ava Green and, dies and, in Big of Royale. Olga Kurlenko is not even like a Bond girl. She's just like. Just, he he accomplish
3: a goal.
1: It's and, tending and towards
3: the, the sexlessness is trending in all culture right now. Well, Timothy, Bond Dalton, Timothy
1: Dalton had to wear a condom. We know that. That was a thing. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I'm fine with Bond wearing a condom, but. Was,
1: <laughs> he's
3: their uh, first is, that was good. That movie is very good. <laughs> one of the best. I would say that's a top 10 Bond, actually. I agree.
1: One I might at my letterbox. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm pretty sure it's pretty high up there. It makes it. I think Moonraker. Makes I
1: remember the 10. Scott when I did when I did uh, my original my series of articles uh, back in the Mendelssohn's Memos yep. days. Uh, copyright. Uh, uh, it uh, this one I was in. I think I made my top ten, and I got flack for that. And basically, yeah. like, and 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 all I got was like Denise Richards. That I'm like, see, I told you. Yep. I got. Um, well, you know.
4: Avengers Age of Ultron is the worst Marvel movie ever because Thor goes to a pond for two and a half minutes.
3: Is that the reasoning they use? It's it's just the kind of stuff. And
1: it's it's a a standalone adventure. How dare it. They
3: chose to pretend like they didn't realize the whole thing was an ongoing. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's another oh. one of those opinions. It's like, did *Age of Ultron* really earn that opinion, or did it just become the standard opinion that everybody repeated? Well, think, that's think the of this, for me.
0: Yeah, this way. Yes. Think of it this way. The movie makes, you know, one point what four billion, Scott. Was it one point two? Yes. At and and you know, people saw it multiple times. It was the huge, biggest one of the biggest hits everybody of that year.
3: everybody hates it, just like *The yeah, Phantom I, Menace*, right? Everybody I kind of, I
0: kind of think that I kind of think opinion just skewed a little bit depending on where you're looking. <laughs>
4: yeah, for sure. No, that's, you know, it's. Anyway, the next year, Captain America Civil War comes out, and everybody hails it as a giant course correction. It makes noticeably less money. Why? Yeah, but that, that, because audiences thought it was just as fine as they thought Age of Ultron was.
3: See, that's the thing. It felt very arbitrary when there was a backlash against Age of Ultron. Yeah. I didn't think that would. I mean, that, that one was just as good, if not better, than the first one and. And I remember th- thinking it was very odd that there was a backlash because well, it, it just seemed very arbitrary.
4: I'll be honest. I yeah. was one of the critics that didn't like it initially, but I was more than willing to admit that I was a minority. So it was a little weird to see, like, wait a minute. Why, why, why are you coming around to my point of view here? You guys all liked it before it came out.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, there's a lot of weak opinions on the internet, too, that'll wafer to, oh, yeah. I'm supposed to, oh, and, and just get convicted. Oh, like, no. they won't stand Black with freedom. their convictions.
4: Oh no, Black Widow made a comment about not being able to have children. Ooh.
0: Okay. <laughs> See, I stuck to my guns, though. You remember me, Scott? I was like,
3: Voltron yeah. rocked. Like I thought Voltron was, was really good. Uh, yeah, I, I, I had a great it. time I still with have, it. I still have issues with it, but it has aged very well.
1: Spader Especially is the great.
3: Spader is so great in
2: that.
1: You're going to watch Spader's the Avengers fast. get drunk together. It's great. It, I mean, That's... that sequence
0: is maybe the best yeah. sequence of the MCU, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Like,
1: It's just, you get to see a regular adventure. You don't, like, it works perfectly now, because the first one is them coming together, then you have just uh, you know, random adventure of the week, and then the next time, it's the end of days. So, like, you don't get much of them, just you know, you get the breakup is after that, the Civil War, and then the end of days. Like, you just don't get as many standalone adventures, and that one was. As (laughs) in most Bond movies. (laughs)
2: Excuse me.
1: So, Um, the movie has ended at this point. The world is not enough, and the time on this commentary was not enough. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We, but, we've, if we've I'm not mistaken,
3: James Bond
4: will return in Guy Another Day.
1: Sigmund Freud. Um, Sigmund
4: all right. Freud.
0: So, <laughs> with all that said, where can people find more of you guys' work? Scott, where can people find more of you online?
4: Well, if you want to, you can go to Forbes. It's not like there's anything worth writing about right now.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yancey, where, where can people find
3: you? Um I'm not going to even pretend I'm doing anything right now, but hold me on a regular job and helping raise a three-month-old child. But eventually, hopefully, you'll find me in many places writing. Um, this is the most fun I've had in a while.
1: <laughs> Brandon Beaters? Uh, I mean, when I I ha- I mean, when I get the copies at uh, com, they're kind of slow right now due to the world at large, and uh, Cult Cinema Cavalcade, uh, com, Spotify, iTunes, or iTunes, Apple Podcasts, anywhere. Podcasts are found. uh, Currently, uh, we have posted our live show from uh, the Starbase Indie Convention of 2019, which we talk about, the documentary Trekkies from 1997. So go back with us and listen. Speaking of ongoing
0: franchises, be sure to listen to the Cult Cinema Cavalcade recap of the Showa
1: era of the Godzilla. Oh my gosh, yes. Quite compelling. Um, um, that was great. And thank you for coming on for two of those, Aaron. That was great.
0: For sure. Um, you can find me at the thecodazeek.com. I'm doing my part in reviewing uh, many streaming films in the time being, in the interim between theatrical viewing. Um, and I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Our podcast is on iTunes, Audio, Spotify and Stitcher, where you can find podcasts. We have our Facebook page, and our Twitter, and Instagram. You can find all that where you can. You know where you can find our show. Uh, thank you guys, Brandon, Yancey, and Scott, for joining me for this World is Not Enough
3: commentary track. Always a pleasure. I think it's awesome. Great time, thanks guys.
1: Good Man, time thank bonding. Thank you, yeah. the listeners, for tuning in. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: let's see what's gotcha. next. What's you next month? May. Like the... May. is next. May, May is next, and there's no movies coming out theatrically, so we have to figure <laughs> out a commentary. Uh, but I think we can piece something together. Um, really? A lot of sub talk, and you know, it's the 25th anniversary of Crimson Tide, so there's an option. I don't know, but uh, we'll see. We'll talk about it. We'll figure it out. Have you got any
2: um, Fast and Furious movies other
4: than Tokyo Drift?
1: too fast mm. we did too We've done fast, too, fast furious.
0: too furious yeah uh
1: we have not done my fellow americans as teased before on the commentaries <laughs> yeah, but obviously um uh, one that's long in the making uh, but yeah uh
0: with all that said that's gonna do it for this week's episode about now so Dave, uh thank you again everybody and yeah until next time so long and goodbye